Hello everyone, this is Zach Reese from RPGSite.net. Today, we're going to be discussing our Game of the Year nominations and decide our award winners for these categories that we have collected together. So what we're going to do uh, is that we have several games under each category that we have created here. Uh, and our job is to discuss it, uh, narrow down the list from the dozen to two dozen titles that each category <laughs> seems to have down to three uh and then we're going to decide the winner and the two runners up if you were listening in last year that's it's pretty much the same as it was last year um but the apparently the choices that we have it's going to be a lot more competitive this year it appears so uh (laughs) we have a very crowded podcast with us today who is going to go over this with us and so let me just go down the line for my skype call here joining us first off is adam vitali hey how's it going then we got Aaron Van Dyne. Hello. We have Alec, our big boss, Alex Donaldson. Hello. I was going to do a big boss quote then, but I couldn't really think of one. So. Got the big he boss. He doesn't talk, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Elizabeth Henges. Hello. Hello. We have Kyle. Is it Levito? Yeah. Last name Campbell, but yes. Campbell. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too used to the Twitter name. Kyle Campbell, of course, uh, newcomer to the site. Welcome, Kyle. Well, thank you for having me. And so you're going to be a part of this bloodbath. That would be our podcast. Um, Ready for it. Yes, it's going to be quite insane. Uh, then we have Josh Torres. Hello. Welcome. Sweet. Great. <laughs> and welcome. It's been a little bit since we last spoke, so it's good to be talking to you again. Uh, Andrea, I'm sorry I forgot your last name. Sharon. <laughs> Andrea Sharon. <laughs> such professional. I've only, we've only spoken a once. A plus ever. introduction. I'm not, I've only introduced her once ever, so it's kind of hard. And then we have Simon <laughs> Chun. Simon Chun, of course. Good morning, Zach. You had beer? No. Nope. Getting all these names. Everyone get drunk and talk about games. That's what we do. And then finally, Darren McPhail has joined us as well. Glad to be here again, maybe. We'll see how this goes. Wait, I don't, get an, I don't get an intro, Zach? You got an intro. I got an intro. I said, Simon Chun, welcome. Oh, I didn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> too busy talking about beer. What do you... Oh, maybe I'm drunk. I don't know. So I fully expect that during the course of this conversation, we're going to once again break off into groups about people who are supporting certain games. That way we can bum rush Alex <laughs> mm-hmm. for the final three categories uh, like we did last time. So, great. Uh, so, we, like I said, we have a lot of games to choose from. A lot of, excuse me, games that are part of each category. So let's just get right into it. Starting off, um, we have Best Tangential. Now, this means uh, uh, Tangential, um, the way we're using it is that, uh, of course, there are a lot of games that are out each year. Some of them are using RPG elements to tell their story and use their gameplay mechanics. And so basically, we're, we're, we have a list of games that are games we wouldn't normally cover as far as news and whatnot, but we do find time to post reviews and whatnot. So or a just lot of, talk about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lots a lot of, of adventure games and exactly. like spinoffs and all that. All right. Yes, exactly. Spinoffs, um, things mm-hmm. that yeah. are similar. So, um, Alex, I'm going to let you do the honors of reading off the nominations for Best Tangential. Cool. Okay. Uh, oh, so... The first on the list is Persona 4 Dancing All Night. The second is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. We've also got The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. We've also got Dragon Quest Heroes. Uh, it got like a little adventure game section with uh, Square Enix's Life is Strange and Telltale's Tales from the Borderlands. We have Code Realize, Guardian of Rebirth. 
this is getting into the ones that I know nothing about now. <laughs> we get, we get, uh, we've got The Fruit of Grisaya. Is yes. that correct? Correct. correct. Uh, we've got Danganronpa, another episode. Uh, Until Dawn from Sony. And just recently released Sega's Yakuza 5. Great. All right. So a lot of we, have, we have a lot of choices here. That's, um, if my account is correct, 11 titles uh, to choose from. Before we start uh, deliberating, are there any other games you guys can think of that you want to add to this list, or is this good enough for you? Metal Gear Solid Five. That's not. I, I no. would like to make mention that um, so far it's only four episodes in, but Minecraft Story Mode is very, very good. But it's not as good as Tales from the Borderlands. So if you're gonna have a Telltale game on this list, that is Tales from the Borderlands. But Minecraft Story Mode is very good. Just to be noted. Did anyone ever play like the Kane's Quest games at all? Yes. Yeah. What did you? Would you uh, nominate it here at all? No. no. I guess it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's <laughs> all. That's all right. All right. So uh, first off, I guess the, the easiest way to do this is finding games that we don't think should belong here. So, are there any games that you guys can see from this list that you don't think will be on the top three, which nuke is the, the most important? Nuke the VNs. Nuke the VNs. Nuke the VNs. I've got an easy cut that I don't think anybody will object to, which is that uh, Triforce Heroes is not as good as Majora's Mask 3D. And it's, I, I agree. It's, it's a yeah. solid game, but yeah. if there's going to be a Zelda game on this list, potentially Triforce Heroes isn't it. Yeah. No objection? That was easy. No. Okay. No. Uh, I guess I'll also say to strike Persona 4 Dancing on Night. I love the uh, the dancing part of it, but the story mode is kind of eh. It's, it's really meh. Uh, it's, it, it, was, it was really hard to get through. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Yeah. But the, the dancing itself is really good. The music is really good. And I really like that part of it. But it wasn't really the... Uh, the mechanics that we're familiar with that I would I would I was falling in love with it was just the music, which is always another thing like about Tales Persona. Of huh? So I, you're telling me it's like Tales of Graces where the story sucks but the gameplay's good? Well, I mean it's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a dancing game and it I haven't played Persona Four Dancing All Night but I suppose but I gather it has a very extensive story mode and the problem no, is, is it's like is, five hours long. It's not really. Oh, I, I heard it has a lot of dialogue that's just not good. I don't know. I played I played the uh, the arena games which have terrible story modes but it's it is the exact same presentation as those fighting games literally the exact same okay so i guess no one objects uh, yeah I don't, I don't object to that at all yeah yeah just i'd say that but uh okay. i, I want to hear like why code realized and food desire are like considered like tangential rpgs okay okay it's good all right, we would, we would, we would all right. yes go ahead Oh, no, I, I, well, actually, I just kind of put Code Realize on there to be a dick, but uh, am I the only person that played that? I I've played it, but I didn't think it would go good on the list. All right, it's gone. <laughs> All right. We we put the VNs there because of their like story elements. Obviously, they don't have any RPG elements, but story being a, kind of a big part of RPGs, you know, we that, that, I guess that's how we make that connection tangentially. Okay, all right. So we're in agreement that we should need to cut out these uh, the visual novels here. I love Fruit of Gazaya. Must have poured like forty or fifty hours into just one single uh, path in that game, but I'm okay with removing that if that's not going to win. I'm, my argument's not going to be there for sure. I was okay. under the assumption that game was a hentai game. No, not the no. Steve, not the version that we got. <laughs> Sorry. It's, <laughs> it's got it's it's an Uroge, but it's that's only like the uncensored version. They released uh, the all ages version on Steam, and that's the one I was talking about. Uh, Why'd you play forty hours of it? 
Why did I play it? Because it's really good writing. Oh, God. Okay, moving on. Can't be helped, though. Okay, so we need to uh, get rid... Okay, so uh, those are gone. Um, now, Life is Strange. Uh, is that... How many of you guys have played Life is Strange? What are your feelings about that? I played a little bit of it. Um, I Sorry, think I think bit. it yeah it's not it's like the first two episodes I haven't uh, done the whole thing yet I think it's a it's a really good like way that it presents the like it's writing and everything but I just mm, there's something about it that just it kind of doesn't strike that sort of like it, I don't get anything from it when I, when I, when I uh, go through the game it just doesn't do the it dialogue for me. doesn't help at all yeah the dialogue seems stilted at like at a lot of points for me. Oh, okay. I think with Until Dawn there, it's kind of like a bigger, better version of a similar game. Really? Huh. Yeah, they're. I'd they're say they're not different the stylistically, same. though. Yeah. It's not know. fair. I mean, well, it's only because obviously they're very different games. Life is Strange is, of course, episodic, so they people had to wait for each episode to come out before they experienced it, while Until Dawn, of course, is just uh, a full experience about kind of this old teenage horror movie uh, set at a cabin in the mountains. So you guys feel more strongly about Until Dawn as far as uh, the list of, that we've got here as far as adventure games? I think they're different stylistically, but in terms of sheer quality, definitely I think Until Dawn is better than Life is Strange from what I've played a little bit of both. So, All right. Okay. So, yeah, then in that case, uh, let's see what we've got here. We've got... Oh, yeah, um, what do we have left? <laughs> let's see. We have Majora's Mask 3D. We have Dragon Quest Heroes. Tales from Borderlands, Danganronpa, another episode, Until Dawn, and Yakuza 5. Okay. So. Can I just mention Majora's Mask 3D? Like, I love Majora's Mask. Um, I think it's one of the best 3D Zelda games. Um, the fact that it is just, a, like, a remaster, though, does it... Do we want to, like, make it in our top three if it's just kind of a kind of a redo? I do. If the other it is a very suck. good remaster, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. changed. And if the other games suck, I mean, it deserves to win it. So, right? Like, it's, it's like, the sheer like, quality of the game. It's, it's one of those things that you don't realize when you played it when you're younger, but, like, the original Majora's Mask uh, on N64, it it has, like, a really low frame rate, and it's it's not a very good performing game. The N64 was kind of a garbage system, so... Right. And so, like, Majora's Mask Ooh, 3D, it what? not only... <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a whole different topic in itself. Okay, we can't talk about that well, here. Anyways, Majora's Mask 3D, besides being, you know, besides looking a lot better, they, you know, they redid character models and all that, it just runs a lot smoother, generally. There are a couple of frame rate dips in the... Uh, well, books, you know, it's, but... it's, it's stuff like they, they redid all four of the bosses, they... Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the way the bomber's notebook now works and the way it's integrated with the touch screen is really excellent. You can save any time now. Mm-hmm. I, any hour of the day to way, go to. I would I would cut Danganronpa before I would cut Majora's Mask. I would too. Yeah. I would too. Same. I would Majora's also cut Still Dawn before Majora's Mask, to be honest. I would also like, probably cut Dragon Quest Heroes. Cut everything. Okay, cut, cut, every, cut, cut everything except Yakuza Five. There, yes. done. Okay, <laughs> done. We're done. Now well done, us. See, uh, I think Dragon Quest does belong. I do too. Well, it yeah. belongs, but I don't. I don't think it was the best. What about the top three, though? That's the kind of the big. Yeah, the top three. We're, we're cutting well, down to three. We're not going to cut down okay. to one. Okay, all right. Here, can we all count? for you guys. Bam. Done. What? <laughs> what did you do? What'd you do? Cut out everything except for. Well, oh, you're highlighting no, 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 it. Okay, no. so you're saying well, get rid of Duncan Mopa, Tales from the Borderlands, and Until Dawn. All yep, I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, can we agree that Danganronpa's gone? 
I yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, David's not here to set up an argument for it. So yes, well, I haven't no, yet. So I have. I think. I think even David would agree. discussion. Yeah, he would. He would fold on that. I think <laughs> David. David would even agree that it has. It doesn't stand up to the first two games. So. Nope. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think it's that's a fine game, but which yeah. So, and I'll say this also, and this probably, if you're talking about if if you're talking about an adventure game. And it's Until Dawn versus Tales from the Borderlands. I think Borderlands wins. I agree. And I, I, I agree. I, I think Until Dawn is excellent, but Tales from the Borderlands genuinely has some of the best character writing I've ever seen in one of those games. See, while I agree with that, I think Until Dawn is a type. It, it's it's a setting and it, the way it does things in a video game. We don't see that very often, so I actually feel. Again, I've played a lot of Telltale games, and maybe it's because I'm just. Um, Sort of desensitized uh, from games from uh, games from Telltale, but I actually think Until Dawn uh, sort of comes out ahead, personally speaking. Well, uh, Aaron, you played that through, right? I mean, Until yeah. Dawn. What do you? How do you feel? <laughs> I think I know what she felt about it, but. Well, I mean, I haven't played Tales of the Borderlands, so I can't really comment on that game. But I mean, Until Dawn really surprised me. I. I'm not really big into like horror or anything like that, so. I kind of went into it like, okay, well, everybody says this game is good, so I'm going to try it, and I was pretty surprised. Like, I don't know, I really, really liked it. I think Until Dawn, like, has that uh, element of, like, hey, there's, like, so many ways that things can end up, so everyone's playthrough will be, you know, vastly different depending on, like, the, the choices and the QTEs they struck and whatever. But, the, like, it's more of a... Tales from the Boys has, like, a much tighter you know, grip on what it's trying to tell. It has a more, you know, cohesive, uh, like, plot. Because, yeah, linear uh, plot that it's, like, uh, t tells very well while Until Dawn has to make, you know, concessions of, like, well, it has to be kind of loose because of the, the way these things can vastly, you know, uh, differ the, from the one another. The scope is different. The scope is but, different. Yeah, yeah. and the, the, the thing I'll say about Tales from the Borderlands is if you're talking from the, the, the this whole perspective of tangential RPG and stuff like that, obviously... There are Borderlands fans out there, and the thing I, I find interesting is Borderlands has a, you know, a sort of quirky, fun, perhaps too quirky to the point where it's annoying attitude oh, yeah. towards its story and stuff. This game manages to take that world and some of those characters, but it's mostly all new characters, and really make it enjoyable. And I agree with the Telltale fatigue thing that, that, that I think Simon said earlier, but I will say also... Tales from the Borderlands is the first Telltale game that grabbed me since The Walking Dead Season 1. I would uh, say if if you thought Tales of the Borderlands has like truly exceptional writing, then I, like, I've, I haven't played it, but until dawn I kind of felt like it's it relies too much on horror tropes and it's like winking at the audience too much like yeah. you remember this I, I from think, nightmare on elm street you know i think that's perfectly valid <laughs> yeah i didn't think that was the point though which is why yeah. i thought it was oh i know but it, but if one has truly exceptional writing <laughs> yeah then i would give it to that the, the characters but you have to understand, like, this isn't the best writing category right this is best tangential so like i know i'm true. just giving it a plus yeah yeah, yeah. well think, we we've got we, it's, it's part of the thing that would make it best tangential nominate if, if those deserve to be crossed out, then we'll, we'll cross those out. So maybe but we can... I, I, I just think a lot of our audience would probably, if we're looking at it from that perspective, a lot of our audience would probably get more from Tales from the Borderlands than they got from Until Dawn. However, I'm, I'm curious, because I obviously, obviously missed that. I got dropped out for a second there. But obviously, Life is Strange went as well. Yeah. And I would say, see, I personally would cut Until Dawn before either of those two. I would have cut Until Dawn first. 
haven't played <laughs> it, so I can't. I didn't speak. like I it. I haven't played Until Dawn, but I played the first episode of Tale of the Borderlands, and I don't I don't like the Borderlands games. Like I don't like them at all. Mm-hmm. But I played Tales of the Borderlands episode one, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like I well, thought that's... the characters were great, and I want to I want to play the other four episodes. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So, I mean, I feel like that's like a it, it should be recognized at least. And, the, and that seems to be a pretty common sentiment from what I hear. It's like I don't care about if you, even if you don't care about Borderlands, it's worth it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it does come out ahead of uh compared to Until Dawn. Okay, cutting Until Dawn. Yes. Yeah. But grudgingly. It's a great <laughs> yeah. game. It's a really yeah. really good game. I I do not want to. It's a surprise hit for sure. I bought so, it. Okay. It's, it's sitting on my calendar. I should really it, play it. It was really surprising, and not just like you know the actual story and, and gameplay choice stuff but like the i thought like the art direction was really really cool in that yeah. game mm-hmm. it's a really good looking game as well especially considering it started life as a as a, a ps3, PS3 move game, game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah that's right move game. Yeah, i didn't know that yeah to give until dawn its due diligence what i will say is is that quantic dreams suck and it's a better quantic dream <laughs> game than quantic dream has ever been <laughs> Damn. Um, hey, Detroit looks good. I don't know. Shots fired. Hey man, uh, we never said a Quantic Dream. Stuff, we never said Quantic Dream games didn't look bad. It's just yeah, <laughs> they're, oh, they're always good looking. They're just always terrible. No, yep. I played. I, I played Indigo Prophecy Actually, I before quite I like knew about Rain. it. Yeah, I quite like Heavy Rain, but Beyond yeah. is a real piece of shit. The ending <laughs> of that is so bad. I think that was like <laughs> a common. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so we've got so we we're narrowed it down to four games now. We have Majora's Mask 3D, we have Dragon Quest Heroes, Tales from the Borderlands, and Yakuza 5. Cut Dragon oh. Quest Heroes? I don't know. Yeah. I, I would cut Dragon Quest Heroes. Uh, as well. I would cut Majora's Mask before Dragon Quest Heroes. Personally. I would probably cut Majora's Mask before Dragon Quest as okay. well. Yeah. Wait, why? Because Majora's Mask 3D is yeah, it's it's a it's a remaster, well, almost like a remake almost. Right, but like it's if a it's button. a better game than Dragon Quest Heroes, which it is. The thing I it think is. about Dragon Quest is, is, is Majora's Mask is obviously a bona fide all-time classic, but the thing I'll say about Dragon Quest Heroes is I think it's very successful at it, it does the Musa it does the Musou stuff <laughs> better that and Hyrule Warriors both do the do the Musou stuff better than all the stuff that all the actual Musou games. Um, oh, I think it doesn't really. <laughs> well, I know that might not be saying much, but I think also oh, no. it, it does a really good job of. Of blending, um, fan service, <laughs> blending what people expect from Dragon Quest with what people expect from, you know, a, a Musa game. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's very true to Dragon Quest. It's very much a love letter to Dragon Quest fans. Uh, you know, you never get the sense of like, hey, there's just like a Musa reskin with like uh, Dynasty, you know, um, Dragon Quest. It's it's very true to like, hey, like you know, th- this element of Dragon Quest really transitioned well to this style, especially you know, like the the way the damage values pop up, the whole UI, the sound effects, uh, even like the the hub area, you know, has that you know, uh, like how you save through the church and stuff. Yeah, and I think that Majora's Mask 3D is building on top of like Majora's Mask, like my top one of my top three favorite Zelda games. But I think that Dragon Quest Heroes is kind of a, a a more broader experience than Majora's Mask 3D is. I mean, as far as like the work that went into it, I don't know. Wait, wait, broader how? You need to explain that to me. That's a loaded term, and you need to explain that to me. I just mean that it was it was a game that was <laughs> built from the ground up, uh, and Majora's Mask 2D is uh, just kind of taking what was already made and just improving the frame rate, adding that 
book um, to the to the screen. Well, we're we're talking about the game's merits here, right? Yeah. We're not talking about the game's like saying, "Oh, it's a remake, so it doesn't deserve to win." Like, That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just that I think compared to the two, I think Dragon Quest Heroes uh, is. I think Dragon Quest Heroes is amazing. That's that's all. I, I think uh, I, I I enjoyed both games, but I, I think that Dragon Quest Heroes is a, was a better experience for me anyway. I, I agree Dragon with that. Dragon Quest Heroes is a good game, but I feel like there were some significant problems with it, especially with side quests and how some missions like uh, mission objectives repeat themselves ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it really belongs on the list, but. Uh, I mean, I guess it is really hard to choose between that and Majora's Mask when you think about it, but I just feel like there were some problems with Dragon Quest Heroes, and I, as much as I like it, I don't know if it is good enough, so to say. Hmm. Did you review that, Aaron? I, I reviewed it. Josh. You reviewed it, no, yeah. Okay. Um, Tony did for... Okay. Um, hmm. Well, it sounds Josh, like... Josh, you reviewed it, right? But I, yeah, I, I, I did I, play I, it, and I do agree that it's, you know, it was fun. It's fun, but it's a flawed experience. Yeah. Mm. I'd say my biggest problem was it got really repetitive. Yeah, a lot of the story, when you're going through the story, like, tell me how many times you have to go do, like, the base defense, you know, objective. Oh, yeah, I actually didn't. (laughs) like that after so a while. it's a musou like, game <laughs> no no not not even like musou like musou is, is is more like free from like hey go like after a certain like doing like objectives like capturing this outpost and like defeating like the enemy general there's more like hold out your base defenses until like the final wave comes you don't really no, see the, that yeah, the modern, modern don't, musou let, games do don't that. let this thing get destroyed or you lose the modern musou games do that too <laughs> they they have a lot of like defend this objective or if it does destroy, then well, you lose. It was getting. It would get really annoying because some of the like, I guess, boss fights. Um, I don't know. They took forever. And Andrew, you said you gave up on it, right? So. Well, yeah. Just because of those reasons, it's so repetitive. Um, I never actually finished it. I mean, I I love it. I do love it. I love Dragon Quest. Um, but I just I couldn't finish it for that reason. But so, I, I finished Midoriya's Mask like four okay. times. So bottom line. <laughs> We're cutting Dragon Quest Heroes, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the argument's I mean, there too compelling to. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I, I was okay with. So. <laughs> have, so our final. I know, thing... I know Alex is going to argue for Tales from Borderlands, like to Kingdom Come. So. Well, our, uh, so... Well, no, I mean. I like how we haven't even talked about this other game. That's yeah, like, we, we so yeah, our final three games. Are down <laughs> it's because it's going to win anyway. Yeah. It's just sort of cruise through it because it is a really fucking good game. Hell yeah. So Yakuza Five—it's <laughs> basically uh, the game that no one talked about. It I, here. It, I, it definitely belongs there. I, I am gonna push for this game to, to, to win this category. I think yes. Yakuza Five uh, deserves it. It's a fantastic game. I played through the Japanese version, so I mean, I haven't really seen the localization of oh. it. I, uh, but uh, it's just the, the the Yakuza series like refines itself over the years, and Yakuza Five is definitely that like gr- a great swan song for the PS3 era of uh, Yakuza games. It's certainly like one of, if not the best looking PS2 game. Because mm-hmm. like the character models, the environments, all that stuff looks amazing. And there's a lot of stuff to do. I mean, it has me excited for the um, the PlayStation 4 games because like there's still some things you can't do. Like the P- it's limited by the PS3. So there's a lot of places you can't go. You can only just see it. So like I'm excited to see what the new games do as far as like the number of places you can go to. But even then... Like, I, I've been playing it myself. I've only put about maybe 
six or eight hours into it, but there's a lot of stuff um, already from what I can tell. Like there's driving missions even. There's like and you can yeah. race against others. You can drift race against other people. Um, <laughs> there's uh, many jobs uh, to pick up, a lot of side quests, uh, people to talk to, uh, fights to get into. The, the combat's fun, like it always was. And there's a ton of character development in there, a lot of really strong characters that are developed very well. And you really get to know these people. And the writing is so good. It feels so casual, you know, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like the very natural conversations that you have with um, with all the different people that you meet. And it felt great. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's why it's, I think it should win this category too. You know, I could, I could easily see um, Borderlands winning this category. But I think knowing how much I personally enjoy Yakuza 5 anyway... And hearing the arguments you guys make for it, I have no issue whatsoever with it taking this category. I think the fact that Borderlands is listed there uh, beneath it as a runner-up, it would be fine by me. Okay, so it's... Any objections to that? Nope. Yakuza no. just also seems to have that nope. style, you know, that style. not very many games... It's stylish, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> The game provides Virtua Fighter 2 with online play. How does it not win? <laughs> there you go. And, and Virtua Fighter 2, uh, yeah. Pachinko. You can yep. play my favorite, my, my favorite touch with that is when you look at the move list, it's actually just like a scan of what the move list would be on the cabinet rather than an in-game menu yes. or something. Yeah. I, I really fucking like that sort of touch and detail. I didn't notice that. Uh, I, did, I did play that the arcade cabinet, and it was great to see that in there too. But So... Um, so, yeah. Bottom line, we got uh, the end rank from uh, 3 to 1. We have Majora's Mask 3D, Tales from the Borderlands, Yakuza 5 running. Is that, are we agreed? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the runners up are just runners up. We don't, know, we don't number them 2 and 3 anyway. But sure. I think from our conversation, it's pretty obvious that if we did, Borderlands would be the 2. Yeah. Yeah. So Big congratulations to Yakuza 5. Excellent game. Yeah, pr proof that... Games like that should be bought over, even if you don't do all the voice localization, right? Absolutely. And the voice acting is so amazing. They've got so many strong voice actors, um, like popular ones, to do the characters that it was good enough. All right, so moving on um, to what should be a very that difficult... Was, that was surprisingly tame. Yeah. No, this won't be. The next one. Oh, yeah. I already see an argument brewing. Never, it will never be as, as easy as it was uh, going forward. Um, so next category, best writing and story execution. Of course, we're talking about the script itself as on, along with um, the story that the game tells and how people you know, uh, connected with it. And, and of so, course, in this regard, execution can mean also how the localization goes, voice acting, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And so, Alex, feel free to read off the uh, nominations. So we've got The Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter. Undertale, Final Fantasy XIV, Heavensward, and The Witcher 3, and Pillars of Eternity, which I feel like a lot of people have forgot came out this year, but it did. <laughs> came out oh, really early. I forgot year, it came so. out. Yeah, this it was year. like it was like right at the right at the back yeah, end of the like, of, of the year, basically. April or something like that. I don't know what it was. It was a long year. Yes. So um, this is going to be very challenging because now we have to take <laughs> what. The worst part is like having a, a smaller list of games because now we have five games and we have to narrow it down to three. Oh, okay. So, is there so, an obvious game that we think 
should be cut. Yeah. <laughs> I think Pillars is going to get cut. Pillars. It's <laughs> going gonna, gonna to be cut, but like I've heard so many great things about this. Yeah, I, 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 re I reviewed it. It's really well written. It's a, it's it a really well written game. But All the... it's, com it's competing against gods here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good way to put it. <laughs> It, see, I know this won't go over well, but uh, the first thing I would cut on this list would be, would be fourteen. Wrong, but, no. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh man! Oh, oh, oh no! This oh, no. Oh, I'll argue to death for that game. <laughs> that game has really. So I always thought the, one of the best things about Final, Final Fantasy fourteen series is how good the scripting, lo the localization script is uh, when, when they actually brought it over to the U.S. Because a lot of the, a lot of it, people just tra um, translate it. And sometimes they uh, anglicize a lot of the adages and idioms and things like that. But Final Fantasy XIV goes a, a little bit further, and they actually add its own unique dialect for the, the, the world of Eorzea. So I always find that very interesting. They carry that over to uh, Heaven's Ward. And you have to understand, like, a lot of the Ishgardians, they, they actually have their own way of speaking and tones, and it comes across really well throughout the writing. And I, I think that's one of the things that you don't really see in the industry that much love and care into a character's dialogue uh you know dialect and things of that nature so, yeah. so you're not so, you're, so, you, so you mean not just like their diction but actually how they like phrase sentences and all that yeah exactly yeah. so it, it, it's and and that, that's only one portion of it i actually thought the story of heaven's ward was really good especially the way you know um the the final chapters of uh 14 actually you know left that left off leading to heaven's ward um, the story progression was really good. There was a couple of, you know, hiccups here and there with uh, some of the that plot of the, you know, the overall antagonist, the Astians. But oh, oh, I thought the plot for Final Fantasy XIV and the script was really, really strong, especially uh, it coming from an MMO. So, okay, I mean, yeah, okay. What's that title? <laughs> What's the title of the game? Heaven's Ward. I always look at it and go, I think they spelt sword wrong. Yeah, that's that's. I, and I'll this is the best writing category, and they spelt sword wrong. Yeah. It, oh, okay, disqualified. <laughs> well, yeah, if you play Heaven's Ward, they kind of there is several like towards the heaven. Well, it's like Skyward well, only. Heaven. Well, there's there's a lot of meanings to the word Heaven's yeah, Ward. Yeah, there's so. a lot of meanings word, to though. it, like the the like the knights that are in there. They're called the Heaven's Ward, like Ward, and then. You know, they talk about looking heaven's word, stuff like that. So it does have multiple meanings. It's like a pun. <laughs> it's a pun. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, so, so Alex got shut down pretty quickly on that one, I guess. Well, okay, uh, okay, okay, oh. hang on, hang on. Though. What about what about um, trials in the sky? No, dude, it's not oh. getting cut. That is not getting cut. Is it's saying. either going to be a runner-up or the winner. Uh. People almost died to get the floor. <laughs> okay, not even like okay, I'm not even. I have the. Most respect for them for for the work they did to get it done. That doesn't mean it should win. I, I, no, I, I think it should win well regardless of that. As well. yeah. I, like even even putting out like how like the the miraculous release of this like of its whole journey and we all know that stuff. It's just one of the one of the best like like continuations of uh, this tale like because there's so many things going on it there's it every individual npc in that game has their own thing going on and that's carries over from the first game and just uh there's in, inside novellias the way the they structure the world there's only one part of the world uh, along with how each and every character develops from the first game and how that continues on and on but there are a lot of like character developments that, like wrap up in this game that come to like a full climax and it's hard it's very hard like not to like get too into depth because there's a lot of spoilers like you know sidestep around so have to kind yeah. of be vague about it and um, i haven't I, I haven't quite finished it yet but i i am i want to vouch for it because it's pretty obvious that it's uh, <laughs> i'll say this 
Okay, so I think Pillars is excellent, but I can definitely see a cut for Pillars. But Witcher 3 is in these top three. Yeah, this is going to this is gonna so, suck, guys. <laughs> it has to be. Does Undertale belong in this list? Yes. And, and, yes. yes. Undertale is, it's got a very nifty way how it like presents the story. It's like not nearly as complex, of course, but it's... It doesn't have to be. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so, the story <laughs> makes the experience pretty much, aside from the music, but we'll talk about that later. Undertale, I think, has an amazing story to tell. And the characters, you care about so much about those characters and the plight that they go through that I felt like even if the game wasn't incredibly long, it had me for every single moment of it. And I think that's important because in some, like, you talk about an RPG going 20, 30 hours, like, 80% of that story, like, you couldn't care less about what was going on. You don't know anything about the characters, what that's going through. But Undertale tells an amazing story, and I got a really emotionally attached to what was going on that even, like, the sudden inkling of something happening to one of those characters, um, I felt tremendously uh, like I was almost distraught about what could possibly happen even the perceivement of what could possibly happen and so I think that Undertale I'm going to fight for it but it's I, tough I think, because of these categories I think Undertale and Witcher are, are, are the polar opposites that both deserve to be in the top three for polar opposite reasons in that Undertale it is about this this small short enclosed story and it's told in a very effective way the thing that's impressive on another scale about The Witcher 3 is the sheer scale, the sheer volume of the amount of stuff, and all of it is extremely high quality. Yes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love Bioware, but for instance, Dragon Age Inquisition last year, like, great game, but there's definitely heaps and troughs in that game of quality of some things are definitively better written than other things. But The Witcher 3, every aspect of it, and I mean, a, a lot of people have obviously talked in detail this year about the bloody Baron quest that felt like that was a big... Yes. Um, yeah. a, a big talking point but it, the, the size the scale the scope of it you know the fact that you consider English wasn't the, the, the language this was originally designed in and also you know I, I have to give them credit for the, the, the breadth of their localization work as well like you know they did something that no western RPGs do which is they actually localize for Japan voice and all yeah. and as a result top the charts right. two weeks in a row yeah. in Japan and Right. I think it's a magnificent story. I think also you have been backing that up. Um, you know, there's the scale, but then they prove that they can tell a shorter, more enclosed story in the first DLC they did, which is more sort of 10-hour sort of story. Um, and it's far more enclosed, far more separate, but equally just wonderfully, wonderfully told. Um, so I, I don't disagree with Undertale. I think the way that game... I think the way that game story is, from my experience of it, can some it's sometimes a little heavy-handed in what it's trying to say, but I still think Undertale belongs on this list. But I think Witcher 3 does as well. That's the thing is that I, I agree too. I think for me, it's like Undertale would be number two, Witcher 3 would be number one because they weave the main narrative of the story with the side quest so damn well that you can never tell when you're breaking off into different paths because there's so many things going on. Like You look at your quest list, you're like, oh, that was a totally separate thing, but it was as easily well told. Even like some t like little villager in this, in this small like, uh, um, swamp area can have a very compelling story to tell. And so I, I would agree that Undertale and Witcher 3 are like my two uh, locks here. But then the I question mean, it's is... It's pretty obvious that like, 
all these games deserve to be on it, but it's not that one of uh, one of them is getting cut because they're bad, right? Like one of them. No, is no, cut. no, definitely no, not. It's because we can't. We can only have three. We have, we have four great stories and three spots in our arbitrary listing. <laughs> I, I from this list, I mean, judging from what you guys are telling me from Undertale, I personally haven't played it, but I, it seems like you know Heaven's War probably is gonna get the the axe. Judge, judging by I don't know. I have a feeling this is end up ending up going to be on Heaven Sword versus Trails in the Sky. Yes, I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's I where think it's so going too. to. Because I, because I think, different. I think we're all in agreement that Witcher Three and Undertale most definitely deserve a spot in this top three. But... <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. Just, I know we've talked about it already, but for Undertale, we haven't mentioned that. I think like. It has a very, it has this weird sort of comedy that's like, um, very well done. <laughs> well, it's it's weird because it's like corny comedy, but it like does corny comedy well, like with papyrus and sands. Yeah, like it's like a bunch of there's like a bunch of dad type jokes, you know, strung together. But it but it just it's just so like amusing and, um, and then, Tons. um, so just the fact that how these like how these jokes come across and in, in both in battle and in the in the dialogue and just. So I know we already talked about Undertale, but I just felt like that was worth mentioning. I, I think also, end- yeah, go for it. Well, and then the ending is the ending to Undertale without spoiling. Oh. It's just like super heartwarming. And, yes. Um, like you just want to like hug somebody after you play it. Totally. <laughs> I, I almost. <laughs> I think that but also uh, works in Undertale's favor too. Is like even by how it presents, like you know, the dialogue in it. Like I love the sound effects, like when Sans, uh every time he spoke, because I think that's part of like the humor of. You know, sounds like the, like the the sound effect that comes out there because I just like imagine in my head it's like oh this is, this is lovely, it's, it's it's fantastic, but I think it does boil down to Trails in the Sky second chapter and Heaven's Sword. So the important thing, of course, is that Trails in the Sky second chapter is obviously a sequel, but it's like the second half really of that entire arc. Yeah, uh, Heaven's Sword is carrying on an MMO story from the first game. Uh, not 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 time you know trivialize it or anything like that because yeah. that's super here's, complicated here, itself, here's, but... here's my question to the to the 14 players in this group how good is 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 heaven's word at at being at merging the 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 mmo sensibilities of the fact that you are one in a world of of hundreds of thousands um versus you know telling your story Okay, so here is the thing about Final Fantasy XIV that a lot of people don't really know because they haven't played the game. But the story <laughs> actually... <laughs> Ignorance. <laughs> the, the game actually places the story above everything else, even like the multiplayer aspect of it. You can play the entire story pretty much on your own, except for the dungeons, which you automatically can queue up with other people. But... The way that the story is told is very similar to a typical mainline Final Fantasy game, and that's what makes it amazing. It should also you, be you, noted, even though you're playing with other players, you are the protagonist of the world. Like you are the you're the warrior of light. So they assume like you're this great hero, and everyone else who tags along is just a, a random group of people. So it's it's really your story. If you're, if you're actually familiar with Guild Wars Two, it's sort of like in that same vein where they assume that you're you're the protag- protagonist and it's your own personal story that you're sort of journeying through. So, I mean... Except it's actually good compared to Guild Wars. But. Yeah, like... <laughs> so just like Eleven, which is kind the of the reason same thing. The reason I'm actually the one that put Heaven's Sword in this list. I did too. I will tell okay. you, you, yeah, you weren't alone. <laughs> Surprise! Um, yeah. Well, okay, so the, the main, one of the main reasons that I put it in was because, first of all, it's 
a huge improvement over the story that they had in A Realm Reborn, which I did, oh, yes. I did like. But Heavensward, like, they took it a step even further. And I feel like they made it such a story where, like, I felt like, you know, I could laugh at certain things. I could get, like, really emotional over certain things that were happening in the story. And the story really made me care for more than just my character. Like, a lot of the development in the world itself and the NPCs was really well done. And that's why I put it on this list. Yeah, and the voice acting of... and everything even is way better than it was oh, in the base yeah, like game. They, they... Yeah, definitely. I did not expect them to improve uh, as much as they did, There's... but they really blew me away. And I, I think part of it goes back to like the, the writing, too. Because I think a lot of MMOs fall into the idea that they have to tell the lore based off of some quest uh, dialogue like in your journal, not part of a quest cutscene or anything like that. Like you get to discover a lot of the Ishgardian culture and the lore, and, and you know a lot of the dragon, uh, the Dragon Song War that's actually happening uh, in that country, based off of just a couple of exchanges, like a couple of lines of you know NPCs talking or a couple of lines between two characters in a cutscene, and I think that's really meaningful because there's a lot of world building that isn't, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of dialogue that isn't happening just for the sake of world building. There's a lot of dialogue happening. Uh, because there's also they're doing world building as well as character building as well as like um, uh, as well as just like progressing the storyline that you don't really see in any game and, and let alone MMOs for uh, for that matter and I think that already makes it better plus a lot of the characters you encounter in the game there isn't necessarily good there isn't a clear black or white good or good or evil there's a lot of gray which I don't really see a lot happening in the MMO field to begin with that makes it better. So from what I can gather here, it's going to be really tough to kind of compare <laughs> the two, but the fact, it sounds like we've got more people in favor of Heaven Sword than Trails in the Sky's second chapter, which is kind of a bummer because I covered first chapter for the site, but I just had so many other things going on. I never got around to playing second chapter. So I'd love to play it and also offer my opinion on it, but it kind of sounds like Heaven Sword might be number three here. I, I well, think I think there's the the main deciding factor, and I, I'm starting to agree, like agree that like Heaven Sword will probably take it. It's just like Heaven Sword has the uh, technological advancement as well, because second chapter is a, is a really old game, it's in about 2006. I want to yeah, say. it's pretty. It, old. It, it, like it, it, you know, I mean, just well, we're talking we're talking about we're talking about. We're, talking well, we're not about talking, about, we're not talking about visuals, though. That's not yeah, we're really... not talking about visual, but even voice acting as well, and like you know how the, the way they say things. In second chapter, you have no voice acting, you know, well, I mean, except like, outside of battles. I could you say could, that voice you acting say that... in Final Fantasy, but no, you, no. <laughs> you could say Witcher Three is better than Undertale if you're going to think about it that way, because yeah. it's definitely I, so, bigger budget. You know, I think the I think the best way to sort of narrow it down is, I mean, this this category is best writing and story and story execution, right? So like. Do any of these games falter in at least one of them, or do, do, does one game do it better in in those three ways that an, another game really doesn't do it? I think right? Witcher Three excels in all of it. But okay, that's... so yeah. Legend of Heroes. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, here I'll just start. Don't talking. spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay. I haven't even. I'm I'm pretty far into it, but I haven't finished it because it's like 70 hours long. Um, <laughs> so it's a very very talky game. It's the type of game you kind of have to like you know, realize that there's going to be a lot, a lot of dialogue and you just kind of have to sit back and allow yourself to soak it all in. And not just main story dialogue, but like, you know, NPCs and side quests and all of that. It's an ever expanding world with Josh is kind of getting at this earlier. We're like, it's not just like your main party of characters. It's like 
all of these world characters that you meet off and on through both games, they all have their, you know, very um, distinct personalities. They're, they're likable. Um, they each have a role in how, they, how the story is unfolding. Um, but it, it's a very, very talky game. Um, there are no cutscenes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's lots and lots of text boxes. Um, and I think it does a really, really good job at what it does. But I do know that some people that this might not be the type of presentation they want, or it's just you know, you know, so much, so much, it's it's very expository. There's so much exposition. I think it's great, um, but it does have that type of style. You can I think the wording they use oftentimes exceed is meticulous. Um, well, how Heaven's they, Sword is definitely like that too, though, right? There's a ton of text boxes. Well, I, I haven't played Heaven's Sword, but I I would I would be very surprised if it had as much, you know conversation that tales in the sky has and one thing that tales in the sky also does really well is like trails in the sky sorry um (laughs) they is character conversation how how characters interact with each other um it feels real it feels like these are actual like people like communicating sometimes it's not progressing the story sometimes it's like just you know characters personalities clashing um and it i think it does a really good job at making it feel more real and believable um but I don't know. That's just kind of a take on it. No, I, I think it's very important to obviously offer the argument for why people should be playing Trails in the Sky in the first place. I think that that's what makes the game so great. That's why I love the first chapter so much is because of the characters and, and getting to meet like Joshua and Estelle and getting to know them a lot more. And then that, apparently that carries over well into the second game, it sounds like. And so I think anyone who hasn't played those it, games... It carries, so over, it carries over very well. Like I was... It, it feels it's it's basically a continuation. It's it's Good. it doesn't feel like it's a distinct like it almost doesn't feel like a separate thing. It's just like, you know, the story continues. The you know, which is just as it's just as compelling as before. Um, so, but you know, yeah, I think uh, we agree that one of these two has to go. Yeah, I I think I think I think that the the main distinguishing factor too for Heaven's Sword uh, making it is because th- there are some chapters in second chapter that are like a bit of doozies. Like there there are because like in like the first chunk of the game, you know, it'll it'll very very like the culmination of like all these things that happen in second chapter. It's, it's meticulous, but at the same time, you don't get to see that till like the the back end of it because you're you're going around solving this big mystery of like uh, these mysterious happenings around the world, uh, the region that you're in, and th- some of those chapters are kind of you know on the. It, they're they're kind of weak in that aspect. They're kind of Scooby Dooish. Yeah. <laughs> my, my my inclination is this also. It, it's it's definitely harder to do uh, well written, well executed story in an MMO environment than it is not. Especially yes. an expansion pack. And so yeah. if, if fourteen, if if Heavensward specifically is is particularly good at that, I can see that being the thing that maybe pushes it just above Trails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I. I was just blown away, and I think more than just me can agree to For that. I don't just narrative, just in general, just because I mean that was my major in college. But like, I, whenever there's like a major patch for like a story in. Final Fantasy fourteen. I usually just come back to play just for the story. Something. I mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't heard from my free company. I haven't heard from Darren, and he reviewed it. Darren, I've, you haven't seen anything about this yet. Do you feel like Heaven Sword or Trails in the Sky, though? Oh, Trails in the Sky all the way. I'd argue it's the best written RPG I've ever played ever. I was Jeez. incredibly surprised by, like uh, Adam was saying, with the different character dialogue, especially considering that this is a game that's concluding a story that was from another 40-hour game and how it wraps it all up, I think, I thought was really impressive. 
the game Man. is surprisingly cohesive, but I will say for Heavensward, I have not played it, so I can't really comment on it. But one yeah. thing that's one <laughs> thing that's interesting is that I don't think I've heard anyone play it say they didn't like the story. You know, it's and that you don't really hear that for MMOs. It's just like everyone loves it and, <laughs> who played it. Well, they usually don't fantastic. talk about the story. They're like they keep quiet about that and just talk about what they did on the raid or something like that. So like, I think yeah. that uh, you should play it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, other MMOs, their their story is just kind of something. Well, in the like background. I, I know some people who who uh, play a ton of Guild Wars and they'll 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 openly admit, yeah, the story is kind of rubbish. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so... A testament that Square Enix really cares about 14's story is... And this happened actually right before Heaven's War 2. Um, people bitched Square Enix out saying, why can't we, why do we actually have to go through the story, uh, the patches that uh, progress the story in uh, A Realm Reborn before we even get to Heaven's War? And a lot of people called them out on it, but they still stuck to their guns because they wanted people to experience the story of A Realm Reborn in all the patches that sort of followed it before leading to heaven's word but, you know, rather than just jumping into heaven's word so i mean if that's saying something like they truly value the quality of their work at least in the narrative department okay so we need Ooh. to we, let's make let's make a decision right now because it's we're going back and forth between heaven's sword and trail yeah, yeah. it's if, it's clear if I'm, as, if I'm as counting Alex. right if i'm counting right we have three people who are going to vouch for heaven's word no matter what it's aaron kyle and andrea and then we have three people who have played Trails. That's Josh <laughs> and Darren. Um, it's, it, but... I, I, I think I think Heavensward ultimately well, the, like Kyle and that. Liz are also vouching. Well, I don't know about Liz, but Kyle is vouching for Heavensward too. So that's four. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said I said oh, Aaron, sorry. Kyle, you said, and Andrea. You said it was Kyle, Aaron, Andrea, and Simon. That's four. Oh, and Simon. I forgot about Simon. Let's give her. <laughs> <laughs> Trails sorry, got four, knocked man. out. Let's okay. Trails of Sky second chapter. Play it. I mean, uh, it's it's great. Fucking clear from it's, this discussion that it's really good. Yeah, yeah. I I'm so sad I never got to play it because I'd be right there with you guys arguing about it too. But I didn't get around to playing it. I I have it. I need to play it. But okay, I'll just I'll just say again. It's one of those games you kind of have yeah. to allow yourself to slow down and like just read dialogue and kind of have to let yourself get absorbed by the world. It's it's not a it's not an efficient game. I don't think it needs to be, but just it, just worth mentioning. Okay, so we're looking at the document right now. So um, right now it's looking at runner-ups, uh, Undertale, Final Fantasy XIV. How do you feel, guys, about The Witcher 3 winning the best writing category? I think your point about like uh, being unable to distinguish like what's a side quest and what's the main quest, I think that's yeah. really that's potent. That's just, where it's just like, you know, it's all interesting and it's all part of the story. It's not, so, it's not like an obvious branch like, oh, this is... Fluff, you know. It's far better at it than, say, you know, absent from this list is Fallout. And I think the story in Fallout is really well executed, better than Fallout 4, Fallout 3 rather. But the thing about Fallout 4 is when you come across a side quest, it's just so painfully, definitely, definitively a side quest. And yeah. it, it doesn't feel like it matters as much. It's very easy to walk away from them. Whereas The Witcher 3 is so good at drawing you in. And suddenly you're on this completely different wild goose chase that's completely separate from your main mission. And it doesn't feel weird and it doesn't feel different. And and that's the thing that I experienced is that so I played The Witcher 3 up to a point like many months ago. And then I left that game, came back to a month later, which I rarely do with games. Like after I've kind of let it go, I just forget about it for years, it seems like, for some RPGs. But it was the writing that pulled me back in and kept me playing it all the time um, after I'd given it that break because it even if I kind of forgot some of the um, plot 
threads from my prior experience. Like, you know, I was done with the Bloody Baron, but there was other things going on. It's because all these other side quests were so damn interesting that I wanted to play more of it, that I did become caught in it once more. So I think that tells a lot about what that kind of game, what, what that game is. And that Bloody Baron quest in specific is just, like, there's a point where you can just move on with the main quest, but there's a huge thread lingering with the Bloody Baron quest. And I was like, I have to do this first, even though my main objective, it's just like, I have to see how this pans out. And it was so perfect. Like, the yeah, the the writing is so good in that game. I I don't want to say it's a cheap trick, but The Witcher 3 does... It, the Witcher 3 actually does their uh, side questing and the story the the same way actually every RPG does. The only thing really different about The Witcher 3 uh, side quests is that rather than making it mandatory uh, in the main narrative, they, they sort of put it off to the side. Because what happens yeah. in other RPGs is you, you, you meet a character, you help a character out, and you see that character's uh, quest from beginning to end as part of the main narrative. And you see that in both JRPGs and Western RPGs, but the way Witcher 3 does it is you go up to a certain point and then they say, okay, you got what you need to progress the main story, so go ahead and do the main story. But if you really want to continue this uh, this uh, characters or this arc uh, that you're, you know, you're tackling right now, you have the ability to do that as a side quest. And I think that's... I think that's why the side quests really stand out is because they put, put so much love and care into the side quest and making it seem like it's part of the main narrative. That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. So there we go. We we that was relatively painless compared to actually getting down to free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that was a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be. I think it's because luckily it seems like this year you guys have played more of the games than we did last year, so it's a little bit easier to make these arguments. It, it, it definitely has to be said, you know, as discussed, that um the the trials in the sky. Second chapter and Pillars of Eternity both have excellent writing. Yes. Yes. I've heard great, great things about Pillars of Eternity, people that love those types of games, but even those who haven't um, got into it. And then Trails in the Sky's second chapter, you guys heard the arguments here, people listening, uh, about why you should definitely give it a try, especially because they're also on PC, so you can easily get that those games for relatively cheap. Uh, well. Is, tr- is second chapter on PC? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's and it also reviewed it on. And, and considering considering yeah. oh, it's, right. it's it's originally from 2006, it'll run on anything. So. Yeah, and it, it still looks fine. Um, but also you can get those games once again pretty cheap, uh, especially during those sales. So definitely check it out. Um, so moving on to that is another. What's <laughs> oh, sure be to be a very difficult um last year? This was one of the worst. <laughs> It was, it, we went, we went Lash through this. was really hard. It was really <laughs> hard. The, the problem is that you can really tell how you have to really get down to the very minute details yeah. when it comes to La- what last this year. Is. Last year it was Bravely Default beat, uh, what, Air No Surge? <laughs> let, me, let me introduce it first. So, what we've got here is All right. best score or soundtrack for an RPG. And so, Alex, first off, let's go ahead and hear the nominations for this category. We have Legend of Legacy. We have Final Fantasy XIV, Heaven's Word again. We have Persona 4, Dancing All Night, Bloodborne, uh, Trials in the Sky, second chapter again, Xenoblade Chronicles X, Witcher 3 again, Fallout 4, and Undertale. Undertale. I, I'm going to say this straight off the bat, that the last, like, I don't know what anyone else's opinion is, but I actually think the last three games nomination are very underwhelming compared to everything else on this list. I totally disagree. You mean Witcher 3? I, I highly disagree with that comment. I disagree with Undertale. That 
I, I, I don't know if it's great. top. I don't know if it's top three, but it's definitely not getting cut right away. Yeah, yeah. I, I just know it's my number one, but that's oh. that's besides. I think that um, I can I can say about Persona Four Dancing All Night. There are about four or five tracks in that game that I would never get tired of. That I love to death. But there's some tracks in that game as well that I immediately got tired of. They're usually like the kanji sounds are pretty bad. Is is my? Uh, <laughs> it was weird because I think a, 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 a was it? Who is the Silent Hill composer? Uh, Kira Yeah, his song was all right, but uh, he was like, "You could do a lot better than that, Yamoka." Here's, so- here's what I'll say about Dancing All Night: is that a, a large proportion of that soundtrack um, is uh, really versions <laughs> versions of, of, of pieces we we already know, yeah. and then beyond that, also there's you know what twelve tracks in it or something like that that are recycled directly from the reincarnation. No, reincarnation is a Persona 3 one. Or maybe, I don't know, I can't remember. Either way, recycled from the remix album um, that uh, that they did for Persona 4. Yeah. And, so, and there's also some tracks from the anime and all that sort of stuff. So it is sort of this cobbled together. It's an excellent score, but I just wonder if it doesn't belong on this list as much as the other stuff that's on this list. That's, that's the thing is that I think Persona 4 Dancing All Night, even if the remix is, there's, you know, I've, I've heard, I've listened to plenty of remixes that are 10 times better than the original tracks. Um, uh, in this case, I just think that when you're talking about, if you're looking at the entire um, soundtrack, I can say like, I can point out bad ones in those soundtrack, which I can definitely see in some of the other games where I can't see anything bad about them. But more than three of them on here are better than Persona 4 Dancing All Night. I can say that much. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'd actually. Can we, cut, can we cut Dancing All Night then? Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, right. Let, I will then address, I, I just want to quickly address the other thing that just came up, which is at least two of the final three. So, I would say this Fallout 4 has an incredible main theme. The main theme that's on the that, that's on the menu and is heard throughout that game is excellent, but beyond that, it's a relatively run of the mill score. Now, sometimes that is that, that, that is the sign of a good out, that, that is the sign of a good <laughs> score because it, it it's not in your face; it's just there. Um, and I think the choices they've made for the radio are excellent. The actual classic songs and then the ones that they have created that make reference to nuclear war and stuff, but sound like they are from that period of time but i don't think fallout 4 keeps company with some of the stuff on this list and i would actually more or less say the same for the witcher 3 i like the witcher 3 score a great deal more than fallout 4s but it's you, not as you, yeah it you doesn't, like it doesn't resonate very oh. well I... well it's like uh, like i can see about it's kind of funny because you make that argument about fallout 4 it sounds a lot like dragon age inquisition when you talk about like the bard tales of bard songs that are played in the bar and then the main theme yeah. are the best parts. And That's then the, the other best stuff part of that like, game. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I can say the same about Witcher 3 is that uh, the, the music that's played during combat is incredible, especially yes. with like the chanting going on. That's like, yes. that was the first thing I noticed in those when they were first showing off the game. I was like, this is amazing. But I agree that a lot of that stuff kind of falls in the background, which, you know, it, it sets the mood and whatnot. But I, I can't say that I remember a whole lot about the soundtrack in Witcher 3. That's not I- really what bought me too much in i think what annoyed me most about the witcher 3 soundtrack was that i think I, I, and this maybe it's because my love this is my love for a lot of the assassin's creed soundtracks overall is the assassin's creed tracks tend to have really good standout themes and really good music throughout the the game music that you'll remember and uh that sort of stand out in re- relative to what's actually going on in the world uh, whether it's a cutscene happening so you, you you actually hear the music but 
there's there's also a lot of ambient tracks. So tracks that you wouldn't really notice unless you're actually hearing mm -hmm. or you're paying attention to the tracks. And that's something that I didn't really find a lot in Fallout, 3, uh, Fallout 4 or Witcher 3 is there weren't a lot of ambient tracks. There were a lot of tracks that stood out and it, it's sort of like in your face, but nothing really hiding in the background where you can just really appreciate the the audio quality that's uh, and the diversity in the soundtrack and that those that was probably the biggest disappointing thing for me in, in in both of those games. Yeah, I mean, in in the in the combat is mostly just like either you're hearing the chanting or it's just the same but the instrumental version. But for the most part, it's yeah, a lot of that fades to the background. If we were talking about like sound design and and the the, the, the sound effects and all that, Witcher Three, of course, is amazing, but comes to music i can't say i i but it's it's also because like my approach to soundtracks is more like can i put this on my like mp3 player on my phone and listen to this music uh and that i can't say i do that i've done that any way with witcher 3 at all but that's i guess that's kind I, of I, I don't think that's necessarily the 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 barometer yeah for a good score but i do sure. think in real in real terms i think unless anybody objects we can cut both fallout 4 and the witcher 3 yeah. i'm just surprised they're getting cut before legend of legacy yeah, Legend what of Legacy. I played Legend. I, I, who? I think Liz played it and I played it. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else did. I think Legend of Legacy's music is like fundamentally good. Um, it's it's Hamazu. Um, of course. But I didn't think it was that interesting. Mm. Yeah, it, it was. It didn't like. Oh. It didn't like really grab me. Like I, I did play a little bit of it. I did listen to the to its soundtrack because uh, like, I, I do I, I did, music, like, but it's just eh, it doesn't really. It's like whatever. I played it, but I didn't nominate it. I yeah. didn't nominate well, score. The thing about it is, it, it's. It feels a lot different from a typical RPG soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And looking at the nominees, I don't think it deserves to be in the top three anymore. But I mean, I think it's a great soundtrack, and it and it's very different. But it doesn't really stand up to a lot of these other. A lot of it feels, these other it feels it feels a little bit more classical. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I think it's like I said, I think it's good music, but it's just like I don't know. It's just I don't think it stands up. <laughs> So we're going to cut that. Okay, so what we have left right now, just to kind of, you know, get people up to speed, we have Final Fantasy XIV, Heavensward, uh, Bloodborne, Legend of Heroes, Trolls in the Sky, second chapter. Sorry, I just remember the soundtrack to Trolls in the Sky, second chapter. So <laughs> good. And uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> X uh, and Undertale. Okay, so this is this is just a, maybe a personal taste thing, but I don't like Sawano at all, really. I'm not a he big. He mixes techno with his music. Sometimes. I don't really like. I don't really like. They're just vocals. bad. I don't, I don't really like vocals in general. English, Japanese, English. Uh, well, I, I Nier was pretty good, right? Did you hear uh, the... I like some of the Nier tracks that didn't have vocals, but um... I, I haven't. I haven't played that much of of um, of Xeno Chronicles X. But what I would say is, in that sort of ballpark of that type of score, it's no Persona. It's no persona, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, to like it's kind no of Xenoblade of Chronicles is what like. I'm saying. not gonna, I'm not gonna say that every single track in Xenoblade Chronicles X is a hit. Like, there's the infamous new, new Los Angeles, like no night theme with like the little sort of rap ish uh, thing to it that sticks with everyone, whether they like it or not. But, um, it, going past like what the vocals are, there's a lot of like tracks in there like that actually give me like the trivial stuff like there's a, a certain like uh, track that always plays like in, in cutscenes that like kind of give like meaning to like uh, small encounters to NPCs that like kind of heighten like the the significance of what you've done because there are a lot of like really emotionally like hard-hitting side quests in there uh, like there's a lot of dark side quests that and, like without spoiling too much NPCs like NPCs do die off like from like what 
decision you make. And like it, w it won't even hit you until like a certain uh, point in the game. And it's like, where's this NPC? Oh shit, you know? But uh, I think there's not enough diversity in, and, and, and I think this is a problem with just Solano and just in general with me. And this wasn't even his best best uh, score for this year, in my opinion. His best score was in, it wasn't in an anime this year, which was out no zero. So, I mean, a lot of his stuff sound the same. There's no diversity at all, especially in the instruments he uses. Like, I don't even think it compares to any of these at all. Not even I, close. Well, I mean, a lot of composers have, you know, a similar sound. Do you yeah. think, do yeah. you think Sawano is like even more so than most? Yeah, I, I think he's even more so. I think he abuses mm. his love of techno and uh, techno vocals too much, in my opinion. I'm not going to say that like Sawano is like a, a groundbreaking composer. I'm not going to say that, but I think in, in, in the scope of Xenoblade Chronicles X itself, I think it does deserve to be in the top three because it does, it, it offers like a different sound to RPGs that like most other RPGs don't. And it, uh, there's a lot of like uh, great tracks in there, especially when you're fighting Tyrants. Uncontrollable is an amazing track. When you're in the sky, uh, don't worry. It's a. Uh, it brings a lot of like flavor to it, like what you don't you don't really hear in our RPGs. Like just oh, just see, because you have just because you've had more exposure to Sawano doesn't mean that like that you should it should discredit his work in, in that game. See, I think I think I think I do think it's a good score. You know, despite my it's no Persona comment about the mm -hmm. vocals and stuff, but I just think if I look at the remaining four, mm -hmm. I think it's probably the weakest. It's the least, um, not the weakest. That's unfair, but it's the least stand out of the remaining four. Okay. I'd agree with that. All right. We can come back yeah. to it, maybe. Yeah, yeah we, we can come back to it, because we still got to narrow it down to three, and we have five I, right now. So. It has a good It has a good techno score. My, my problem is just, just there's that, that's all it is. It's just a techno score. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to just say this, and we'll see what the reaction is. I think the score for Bloodborne is good, but I think we should cut it. What? No. No. Especially after Old Hunters came out. That's no the only way. thing I like about that game. Like, I actually hate that game. I just feel like, um, in terms of that particular style of game, um, I think the work um, on the Souls games is better. Couldn't disagree uh, more. I, I, I actually think it's better. Bloodborne quality is better, but it still falls into the... It still goes through the pitfall of a lot of the boss themes just having a lot of choir strings and drum pounding isn't isn't bloodborne got like six or seven composers yes, <laughs> do it too yes it does well yeah. i'll say this i i could say i could see if you thought dark souls one had a better soundtrack because a lot of those themes really stand out like mm. a, a and smo and whatnot yeah. but yeah. but like like dark souls 2 i don't remember a single song from that game um this the credit game, song was pretty good <laughs> but like like if you, if you listen to like like something from the old hunters like ludwig the accursed and holy blade it's like that that's such an incredible incredible song and it makes wow. all of the boss fight every single boss fight theme well i mean not every single one it's just so amped and it makes you feel like you're just this tiny insignificant thing and you have no like business challenging this boss it's just it's so good like i can listen to that in my car that's fair point. that seems that got I mean, shut down pretty and quick. this and this yeah. is true <laughs> and this is true in other elements of the game too but bloodborne the music like it fits the mood like almost perfectly it's you know it's just how how well how well it suits like kyle is saying you know the boss fights and all that it just it's 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 kind of its own style of music, but I think it fits Bloodborne like a glove. So. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. and I, and I mean, even in the title theme, the menu theme has, like, this really, either really high or really low-based strings with, like, a dreadful choir, like, singing in through it. And I actually think it has the best theme song out of every game on this list, with the exception okay, well, of Evans here's, here's the question to 
following on from that then, is Bloodborne a lock for the top three? Yes. Uh, I'd say so. I would say so. Maybe? Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. I would put I would put Bloodborne over Chronicles X. I okay, put, and you're I the put, one who's really fighting for Chronicles. Yeah, X, so, so I think, I, 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 think put, yeah. I put I put Bloodborne and Trails in the Sky over Xenoblade Chronicles. X. I do think we haven't talked about you know or Trails in the Sky much, but I think Trails in the Sky should be in the top three. It's, oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so I good. Agree that it's well. so Silver good. Will. Okay, Don't okay. say anything else. All right, one 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 second. So like Undertale. I think we all. I think a lot of us have played Undertale, and a lot of us really like the music. Um, I, think it's the I guess one thing is is that Undertale has like, like three or four like really, 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 really good tracks. That's but the I wonder, point, right? <laughs> well, I wonder. I wonder if it's it's if it if it's lacking a little bit of you know breath. Um, if, it's only know. like six hours long. So if you're talking oh, yeah, about like, well, a group of songs, that's that's enough to get it through. Because I've I've listened to the I, whole I, soundtrack, and it's I, I like like specific. Well, sorry. sorry. Uh, specifically. The music that plays when like the story unfolds right before the end, it's actually it's actually titular. That it, uh, that, that 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 track is called Undertale. I that track like, is I, the best one. I, I almost I like, collapsed underneath. I was like, oh, I was like saying, holy shit! Like like yeah. listening to the music and playing like that moment. And uh, then is one of the top like top ten moments I've had in like I was gonna be like one of my top moments in years in RPGs. That and was. Then, and then there's various there's various like boss encounter music like the first yes. boss. Uh, uh, the final boss, you know, the the true final boss. Um, those tracks, um, I don't, you know, no spoilers or anything, but no, it's no. just. Uh, I, so there's there's the titular theme. There's a couple of like key battle themes that I think are really well suited. Um, and then I know like the area, the, the last, the the, the uh, uh, shoot, I actually don't remember if it plays in the the fire area or in the lab, but there's a, one of the last tracks. Uh, to anyways, I was just wondering if it's like maybe just a little short. It, I mean, compared compared to like Legend of Heroes or Bloodborne or Final I, Fantasy. I would say if you're if you're uh, collecting all the songs that are amazing in Undertale, group them together, and then compared to like what you would consider as good in the other games, uh, like Charles and Sky, Bloodborne, and Final Fantasy XIV: Heaven Sword, which we haven't talked about yet, um, it competes because I think the whole soundtrack is is incredible. Uh, I probably I can listen to music all the time. I can never get tired. So if we if we consider Xenoblade Chronicles X cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. it's kind of got a specific style, you know. That you know, some people might really really relish, and some people not so much. But out of the four that are remaining, I know I just talked about Bloodborne, but I think I'd put Undertale above it. Um, um, me too. I, here's 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 my thing. I mean, you know, the key thing for for me to to point out here, as as you all know, is that I I I haven't played Heaven's Sword, but I have listened to the to the score several times. It's so and good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good score, but I don't think it's as good as the original Realm Reborn score. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, I would disagree. He's going to argue for Evans with an every category. That's so good... I actually agree with Alex, mostly because I think the theme song is reu- it, it, There's so many variations of the theme song. That is actually why I like it. Oh my gosh. Um, just would. because of the way they weaved the main theme into the entirety of the soundtrack. And the, the theme way... is so good, though. Oh. It is so good. Yeah, the out, out of the four, out of the four remaining, uh, I'll have to take your word on Heaven's Word. But... Well, no, we we need to talk about Heaven's Word. I think it's important because we've uh, talked yeah. at length about the other games. So well, I'll, I'll just say that Trails in the Sky does very well with with rerunning themes and all, all that as well. Probably more so than Undertale or Bloodborne. Just mentioning. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like that's that's the, one of the best parts. In, of in 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 my mind, this category now comes down to uh, for. 
the, the I, I think the Undertale and from the way you guys talk about it, Trials in the Sky are in the top, uh, are, are in the final three. So then it comes down to Bloodborne or Heaven's Sword. I think, I think Heaven's, Heaven's Sword about Heaven's Sword definitely has Please. a stronger track than Bloodborne. Easily. Sounds like title I, track? Sure. No, like yeah, title yeah, track. I could say that. I could agree with that, yeah. Title track in all, like, it's so good. There was a time when my coworkers, because I played the Heaven's Word theme song, <laughs> the, the piano version, at my workplace for about, like, a couple of days straight, and my coworkers got so mad, because they're like, why are you playing the same shit over again? <laughs> that doesn't sound like, a, that's a, a very good argument. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's a terrible <laughs> argument. Hmm. I'm sick of this shit. Because it's so good. Like, so, I don't know, your coworkers disagree. Like, the thing about 14's soundtrack as like a whole is that, like... They, There's an overarching thing because well, of... Well, what they do is they have a... They've had two vocal songs, and what they've been doing is they've been taking the themes from those vocal songs and sort of expanding on those in, in both A Realm Reborn and now Heavensward. And I'd say they did it even more in Heavensward because Answers was mostly used in the raid the binding coil of bahamut which was fine because it it really fit it but for dragon song the heaven's word main theme they basically used it to add emotion to the story and that's why i really liked it I, I, you know i think this is in fairness i think this is pretty standard stuff for final fantasy anyway it's you know eyes on me is littered all the way throughout the score thematically and yeah and, and melodies of life is essentially the, the world map theme um and even in 13 that original uh song oh, that God. they you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a that's not a terrible you know it's it's english and it's got dear my friend and all that but that's actually no, not no, a bad song melodically <laughs> but then obviously they replaced it in the western release with leona lewis and so that was lost because you had this melody that ran all the way throughout the game and then a, a theme song that was completely different. But in the Japanese release, it was obviously the same melody. So that's pretty standard for Final Fantasy, I think. Um, I do think fact, the melodic tune for Dragon Song is phenomenal, to say, like, to say the least. I actually think the, the theme for Dragon... The, the, the way the notes are laid out in Dragon Song and, and the way they actually cho chose certain notes and the way they're arranged, I would say it's above... I would say it's in the realm of a tier tier wise to say the least of like dearly beloved prelude like it's just that phenomenal i think i actually it's think it's really good like, i, I feel like better than answers like to such a uh, large well they're two very different songs i mean they're both really good i can't really say that one's better than the other but i i mean i really liked in heaven's word where you know you would go to this area where it was really important to the story and it would start playing like the piano version especially oh my yes, gosh it's so sad it's so sad oh my it is oh my so God. sad it's so good so if we're if we're going down with uh, heaven's ward and bloodborne i'll say this then I, i'll i'll choose heaven's ward because the the music is excellent at all times and especially in mmo where you might be doing something for like hours and like hundreds of hours it doesn't That's get tiring point. uh bloodborne i adore the soundtrack but uh the only time music plays is when in boss fights and in the hunter's dream um i will say though uh the the boss fight themes are a cut above than anything else on this list but i'll give it to heaven's word overall 
But well, even the, the boss names in Heaven Sword, I mean, Ravana. The only <laughs> Ravana easily Sword is the last boss. No, <laughs> as, as someone who as someone who hasn't played Heaven Sword, I know a lot of people who link boss fight music all the time. So I'll, you know, it sounds like they do really well there. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I was looking over password boards, like how hasn't Roman Born won anything? I remember, like in 2013, I don't think Aaron was part of the conversation because Memories of Salsetta won that year with Shin Megami Tensei Four as the runner-up. Well, okay, <laughs> no, though, Memories of Salsetta, uh, 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 the Salsetta and SMT Four is infinitely better than a Realm Reborn. Oh yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Fourteen did win an award the year it came out, and it was shit. Like it won. It was like the worst, like most surprising, on the worst way. It was like it was literally biggest disappointment. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was biggest disappointment. <laughs> well, to so, be fair, 1.0 was pretty bad. The end of 1.0 is better was, than most games, honest, though, I'll say. An award that was created for Final Fantasy XIV that year and then retired the <laughs> next year. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, it's, I think it's, it's funny because the end of 1.0 Final Fantasy XIV is better than, like, most games because it's the crazy things that they did with that. But, so... Okay, um, so if we... If we so it sounds like we, we agreed that the, that the final three is, is, is 14... Trials in the Sky, second chapter, and Undertale. Oh, man. Oh, this is tough. They're all, they're all incredible. They're all incredible. I, I abstain from participating in this. This is tough. Because oh. I love... I mean, I've heard good Honestly, about I, I'm putting my vote in again for Heaven Sword because not only does it have, like, an amazing just regular score, score, like, instrumental-type music, but yeah. uh, there's a big variety. There's actually a lot of vocal vocal tracks, uh, a lot of just different styles of music that are actually used to demonstrate the different boss fights in the game. And that's actually been one of the main themes that the game has been using. Like each of the big, uh, like they're called primals, but they're like Ifrit, Titan, Leviathan. Each of those boss fights use a different style of music. And I think the way that that's, that they did that in Heavensward was actually even more amazing than what we've had before in, in Realm Reborn. So... Mm -hmm. I, I think a good testament to that to... actually is like Ravana is the one that uses the sword, right? I already I forget right. the name. Okay. So like Ravana, the way he moves is sort of like very lax, like very lackadaisical and like Jokerish, and his theme sort of supports that because his theme is like Jokerish too. Like mm -hmm. so, the, a lot of the tunes fit the characteristics of whatever is happening right now. That's I'm surprising. Really I'm surprising mm -hmm. myself here, but I also think 14 probably wins oh. out of these three for me. The, the reason is um, it would be 14 or Undertale for me and yeah. of course less can be more. Um, the Undertale score is like two hours of score for a six hour game. It's a, it's a good amount of score. Mm -hmm. But uh, from my time with the just the, 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 the soundtrack CD, so out of context of the game, um, because I tend to buy Final Fantasy OSTs as as, as a habit. Yeah. Um, so damn good. There's, 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 there's a lot of variety in 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 Heavensward, in the in the score and in 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 stylistically, there's a lot of different stuff going on. And I also always have respect for composers yeah. who take the work of others and rework it, which is obviously what's happened a great deal with Uematsu just doing you know a, a small bit and then other people uh, taking it and running with it. I I actually think. And while Heaven's Word is good, I, I would also give my vote to Trails in the Sky, which is that second chapter. I don't pl I don't have time to play a ton of games, but I do have a ton of time to just straight up listen to music. Obviously, I listen to music at work, and Trails in the Sky has been popping up a lot 
and it has a lot of diversity, a lot of tracks in it that sort of stand out. And there's a lot of stylistic things that it does that I don't typically typically hear nowadays in modern uh, games. And I don't know if that's because they don't make JRPGs like they used to, or if some things have happened. But the the track the tunes you hear in uh, Trails in the Sky Second Chapter is very good, and I think part of that is 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 its uniqueness. Yeah, uh, Trails in the Sky Second Chapter score like I've heard like all three of these games uh, scores. And uh, second chapter really pops up in my mind a lot because, uh, like, the music in that game is, is definitely like like another character of that game because it d- it definitely drives home like all the all the like the different moods and you know uh, culture diversity of like different regions that you find around uh, the, I the, was the overall world. Just going to say that like when you see these new characters from a new area area and it plays like this totally different style of music. I know that's not like super you know unique to this it, game it, but it, it does yeah. it so well it does it does, like the execution is just so on point especially when you see uh there's <clears> a particular <throat> track that has different uh multiple versions called silver reel and they and that only pops up in the most crucial plot moments but it's that that like the tune of that is like incredible like it's just it's it, it's a cut above like i, I would argue uh, like what you'd hear you, in heaven's you can feel the narrative elements yeah the it, it's a culmination of everything that's going on like everything you've been fighting for for all these hours and everything is silver world to... is, is silver world the one that plays in the first game when you when you uh the battle lawrence uh yes it's also okay. the, the during uh, a certain scene against lawrence in a, in a cut scene it's the yeah. it has okay. a vocal so version that, I know it's, okay yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. if it's if it's a song i think you guys are if it's a song i think you guys are talking to i think it's got to be one of the best tunes in an rpg ever yeah <laughs> I, I agree it's, it's the, insanely good a vocal uh, version of it is uh, his second chapter's title as well and the, yeah. the title song it's the title song oh man and i think, that, I think and distinctive, distinctively put in like uh, the world and like how you can pinpoint how each track fits in a certain part of that world. You don't really see that often. Yeah. And, and, and I also, think... oh, sorry, <laughs> I thought you were finished, but no, 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 it, I, th- I think I think it does like a, it evolves from the first game naturally. Like like you're when you're in you have like familiar tracks from the first game. You know, sometimes they're just borrowed straight, but sometimes not. Um, like it's just like a slightly different style on like kind of it's almost like nostalgic in a sense. But then when you like meet like a new element, like when you meet Ouroboros type foes, you get like this really like, mm-hmm. you know, tense uh, uh, type of track that you like that you've never heard before. So it, it kind of like you know amplifies the like the almost the gravity of the the escalating scale of the game as you go from the first to the second chapter. You get like like tracks become more erratic, kind of a little bit more tense, and it just it just I think it does a really good job making things like. As as the story progresses through these titles, that you know, it's kind of like this ever ever growing conflict that you're uh, that that the characters are a part of. So yeah, like the greatest payoff, also... like in, in in second chapter, is like at, at the end of chapter boss fights. Like uh, like tell me how how great it is. Like when you're like at the final like like third of that boss's HP has a lot of HP, and you're just bombarding them with S cross as like the the music like heightens that feeling. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just a rush through through your head. It's just it's just like that. Like we finally pinpointed like the cause of like what is going on. Like this all leading up to this moment. Okay, so based on what people are saying, uh, I think Trails in the Sky. I think we would all agree that it does a really good job uh, fitting in to where it's placed in the game. Uh, it's tough because there is a ton of great music. There's like I think that if you compile all the music in 
second chapter that's like over maybe two hours worth just like we were talking about Undertale um, of great music in that and so my problem is that I haven't really listened to the Heaven Sword um, soundtrack so I have to take it with Aaron's and Andrea's uh, word for it um, but you know I'm, I'm very happy about all three of these choices here so I think it's that uh, it seems like and I loved Undertale soundtrack to death it sounds like we're arguing about who should be number one Heaven Sword or Charles and Skies I, I'd like to talk about Undertale real quick sure no please talk okay. about it I need, I need support for <laughs> I was this just, I was just waiting but um Good. the thing about Undertale for me is so I, I feel like a lot of the tracks really fit with the game as well i haven't played second chapter and I, i've listened to some of the tracks and i think they're great but every single boss has a different theme and i think that it feel it um what do i want to say it fits their personalities well like you fight one boss and you have this like well, jaunty, like, creepy theme and you have like these other theme like just I don't just to get... just to jump off of what you said, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, and this is a very minor spoiler, but the first boss fight in Undertale is one you don't really want to do, and the music uh... is like, the the music is like perfectly like, like dramatic and hesitant in a sense, like, yes. like oh, it kind of yeah. awkward and yeah, it's like it it's like it, it's so perfect, like you don't want to do this, but you kind of have to because uh, this boss isn't isn't is con is confronting you, and. I, I mentioned that earlier, and I think that's what kind of what Liz is getting at is like it fits that so well. Um, oh man, you're then, right. I need I, I need to support Undertale. That, more that, that, that track that track that track is called Heartache. Um, oh, and then I was mentioning right as well, like the 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 titular track that comes in later, um, and then some of the final tracks. You know, they with other with other key fights. Um, they're. I know, like sometimes it feels like a crutch to rely on boss fight music, but those are it's considering a game like Undertale that has kind of all these like unique type of battles. There's a battle that's like a, it's like a, um, like a like a like a what's the, what's the word for like a game show. Um, <laughs> it has appropriate music there, and then there's like a comedic one, and it it it, it really does work pretty well. <laughs> I mean, and even yeah. beyond that, even like the town music that plays, there's some great music in there as well that um, once again really fits the mood. But yeah, what well, you mentioned about the first boss fight and the last boss fight and all this all this music in between. You're right. It, it's I think it's that's what stood out most is because that's what you know music creates that emotional connection. You know, it, it does things that words cannot. It helps tell a story that you don't need to uh, vocalize or you know provide exposition for. And you were talking about the first boss fight. Not a whole lot happens, and we're talking about once again this is like a six-hour game, so you it's pretty quick from the start of the game to that first boss fight. Um, and well, I should say the first meaningful boss fight. Let me be clear. Uh, so it's it's amazing that they were able to do something like that, and I think they did a great job creating the music. And we're talking about with Heavensward uh, being able to weave their main um, their their title track um, into the rest of the soundtrack itself, and how second chapters got arguably one of the best Falcom soundtracks. I mean, I think. Zero no Kiseki is probably the best one, but uh, Second Chapter's got uh, uh, an incredible soundtrack. I think Undertale, as far as something coming from, as far as like your expectations from a game that is from a very small budget, from a very small development team, um, 
if we're going to be looking at it from that point, I mean, obviously everything's in perspective, of course, but uh, I think that they were able to provide this music that goes beyond what you would expect just from looking at like screenshots. Like you look at it, you're like, oh, it's like an earthbound game. It's got some sprites on it and stuff like that. Like I can't expect much out of this. But it, what Adam was saying is that that boss fight kind of kicks things off to uh, totally disrupt everything you expect, supersede your expectations in a sense. And okay. I think that the soundtrack offers it in a very great way. Um, this is going to be kind of awkward and vague because it, it's kind of like a big turning point. But how the music accompanies the visual style um, later in the game is well done. <laughs> uh but I would okay. still say, out of the three games that we were talking about, Heavensward, Trails in the Sky, and Undertale, I would probably still put Trails in the Sky over Undertale. Um, it's, it's a hard choice, but I think it just, in terms of like variety, uh, I would. That's what I would do. Maybe I not. I agree with that. So, I also <laughs> want to say, keep in mind that Trails in the Sky is nine years old, the second chapter, and the music is timeless. It's still, we're arguing in 2015 that it should be the best soundtrack. I mean, and I think I, that speaks to its quality. I mean, you can, I can say like Chrono Trigger's got the best soundtrack and that's from like 20 years ago. So I don't know if that is the best. Does it though? Does really Chrono Trigger have a timeless soundtrack? Yeah, Chrono oh, Cross. Yes, oh, yeah, man, here we go. <laughs> Chrono Cross is 15 years old and I can Sorry, say guys. Chrono Cross Sorry. has got a better soundtrack than most games. Is that up for debate? I was trying to be facetious. That was a little too far. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, but you know that's that's. I just want to say my piece about Undertale. But I think, I think, judging by the, how the conversation went so far, I mean, I I love Heaven Heaven's War, but I think Trails in the Sky seems like it's coming out on top. Well, let's have a have a a show Hello. of hands or voices so people for for Final Fantasy fourteen. Right Me. <laughs> Me. So Aaron, Andrea, and Kyle. And Simon. And wait, you just said traitor. You just, you just came. You just. Said. I was being an impartial observer, making a statement. I wasn't saying I was counting my own votes. Okay, people okay. for trials in the sky. Here, uh, me, me. So that's Josh, me, Darren, and Zach. Yeah. Or, what about Undertale? And then me. people for Undertale. I. <laughs> I you can't I vote twice. I can, I, it's because I know that Undertale is not going to win because not many people have in this call have played it. Okay. Right. So, so, so we, wait, we might, it was so, it four? Was it four for? Uh, Second chapter and four for Heaven's, Heaven's Ward. Yeah. yeah. Alex, <laughs> Alex hasn't voted. <laughs> yeah, I haven't voted. Um, That's what we get for talking about Japanese games. Well, Alex, <laughs> Alex has only listened to the Heaven's Ward soundtrack. Yeah, I don't really know much about 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 second chapter. I've obviously played oh, the first. I, I can oh. link you to tracks, you know, right now. Um, <laughs> but quick, listen to the whole OST. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, got like a, two hours. Let's go do it. Well, put it this way, ignoring me for a second, is there anybody on either side of these fences now? Has anyone... Feels... So, uh, I, I, think think you, I think you would like Trails in the Sky's Prostanotrack probably more. Okay, okay. I think Simon is the only person who has, like, played and has significant experience with both Heavensward and Trails in the Sky. It seems like the rest of us are just kind of going with what we played. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to Heavensward. I just, you know, it's hard for me to comment on it other than the certain tracks I've I heard. take my vote to Undertale. I can... I... I... <laughs> So for me, what t what gives me is good. I, I use two barometers really to gauge whether a, a soundtrack is good. Is one, how well it fits in the game itself. That's, that's I mean, it's really easy and sort of share for it. And two is, can I actually listen to it in the car for a long time while I'm driving from one city to another? And I think for me, Heaven's War trumps that easily. So 
that's why I go with Heaven's Word. All right. Okay, so we're still back to the part where we were before. <laughs> Heaven's Word. Uh, just give it. it no, I feel like, I mean, <sighs> we, we, we're down to the same situation we had in the last category where it, it's, it's so, <laughs> so, so close. Well, actually, but, last last category we picked our winner of three pretty easily. Yeah, Witcher. the winner was easy. It was the decision was between uh, four and three. Jones and Sky. <laughs> but I think, on balance, um, I would probably personally give it to Heaven's Word. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> All right, Ravana's theme it is. <laughs> that's actually the I... best song in the the best boss theme. Uh, the only song uh, that's that not good awesome. in. The only song that's not good in 14 is like Sh- the Shiva boss fight. That's the only one. Yeah, I, I hate really that song. Didn't like that one. There we go. Ba- bad, bad song. That's, that's that it. Was <laughs> Throw it out. Josh is going to make the argument that there is no bad song in Chelsea. There is so, zero bad songs. There's zero bad songs in Undertale. There's zero <laughs> bad songs. I think, I think, I think, I think I we can this, all agree. I mentioned, this earlier. I mentioned this earlier, but last year I remember this big battle here was Bravely Default <laughs> Versus Arno Surge, which is yes, kind of because Arno Aaron... Surge didn't have that many like supporters, but Zach would like not. Rest in peace, Orga. Sometimes it's sometimes it's not about it's not even a sometimes, contest. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's not about a democratic vote anyway. It's about who who's most passionate. Who's most passionate? Um, but it feels like there's a number of people who, the, in this instance, everybody on both sides of that argument seemed quite passionate, but there were slightly more on the 14 side. Go listen I to think, the piano and, theme of Dragon Song War. It's so good. As as one of the people pining for Trails in the Sky, Heaven's Word, from everything I've listened to it, is amazing. Yeah, Heaven's Word has a fantastic OST. I mean, I, I've <laughs> yeah, listened to it again and again. Yeah. Yeah. All of the games we now yeah. have amazing oh, yeah. scores. Okay, yeah. so what we're saying is <sighs> Undertale... Trials in the Sky, second chapter, and then Final Fantasy XIV, Heaven's Word is our winner for the best score slash soundtrack. Yes. Okay. Yes. These next two topics are going to be better. These next two topics. These next two should be quite should be quite easy comparatively. So yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna gonna... I'm gonna lop something off the end of the next category just because it's not <laughs> it's not gonna it's not that gonna was, factor that in. Was just, what? That was just Simon being a dork. Yeah. Um, so so the, the the great thing about this next category is that and and the one after that is that we can be very positive about it because it's actually a very exciting thing to discuss. Um, both these categories are full of things. It's not. So the next category is biggest surprise. So we're not talking about something that, like in the past, it seemed like it was our replacement for biggest disappointment, um, or something that you know. Well, that, that is technically one hundred percent what it was because we were like, well, disappointment's quite negative. It can yeah. be surprise. So the surprise can be a game that we all thought was going to be terrible turned out well. I mean, yeah. like last year in this category, we discussed Terror Battle a lot. Or it can be. <laughs> or it can. <laughs> <laughs> or it can be that's true you know I was surfing with last year um, yeah what was up with that you and me both <laughs> so I think, I think we have to we have to briefly at the top of this category obviously um, acknowledge that uh, there was one particular uh, event that nobody could have predicted that was terrible which was obviously the loss of Satori Iwata obviously we're not considering that in this in the, in this context but I think in this year it's so important to to at least acknowledge how um how shocking and heartbreaking that was when it happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. indeed, for sure. Unfortunately, yeah, we're reaching that point in 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 the age of video games now, where yeah. many of our of our creators um, are are reaching ripe old ages. And really, the truth the truth is part of the reason why it was so shocking um, 
to lose we have, we haven't, just, we haven't because he was many. so much he, he was so much younger yeah. compared mm-hmm. to um compared to his predecessor yamaguchi who i, I think was in his 90s it was way up there <laughs> so yeah um but deeply unfortunate but we have in our actual nominations for this category a bunch of much more happy stuff yeah but i feel important to at least note that of course i think oh. there was nothing more more unforeseen and 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 shocking um this year can i add something right there oh that's so good. That's, that's, good. that's yeah that's people good. forgot that's about good. that one so the crazy thing is that 2015 will go down in video game history at least as far as rpgs as as the year that game, game developers true. and publishers are starting to give the fans what they want and not ignore them for years like they have been so what we've got here is some crazy crazy nominations that i think anybody is going to have a very strong argument for all these choices see so, i think the winner is going to be pretty obvious here uh, but I know which I ones think, I want I to think cut our, first. I think no, 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 no. Let me let me get through them first uh, before we go through it. So let me, Alex. First, I want you to do the honors and, and and say the nominations that we've got. So first, we've got the the Dragon Quest 3DS localizations, which is seven and eight, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the the fact that Nintendo, not Square Enix, Nintendo are bringing them over. They did that the um, other DS ones too, but that's, that's yeah. The, there's there's some sort of long long time deal in place where I think I don't think Square actually have the option to even if they wanted to i think nintendo has those 3ds dragon quests locked up and it's their choice so those are coming over obviously to uh to north america and europe we have the (laughs) final fantasy 7 remake which probably was the the biggest announcement of e3 arguably um we have just just the other week um cloud specifically to our (laughs) why is bayonetta Bayonetta (laughs) coming to smash uh, uh, we have Zero Time Dilemma. Z- Zero Escape 3. Yep. I f- completely forgot that had happened. Um, we have the fact that, not so much the fact that, um, well, it's it, this is a double, a double, double whammy, I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's, the fact that, that it's the fact that they decided to make another Nier game. Um, <laughs> That's right, and one. also the fact that that game is being made by Platinum Games. Um, <laughs> both pretty surprising. And then we also have the announcements of Shenmue 3 and Nino Kuni 2. Oh, I never saw that last one coming. Like, who asked for Nino Kuni 2? Like, who asked for that shit? I did. Me. A lot of people. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a shot. Excuse me, me Sammy, don't speak for us. <laughs> you know, that game did really well in the West. Yeah, it's so, it was like a, it was a red label, right? It was the greatest that was for people buy bad games. Uh, I mean, comparatively. Anyway, in this category, I'm going to say right away. Um, Cloud and Bayo go. <laughs> the Dragon yeah. Quest localizations I, probably don't sit with the rest of these. I agree with the Dragon no. Quest. No, Dragon Quest. I think the Dragon, uh, yeah. Quest, Dragon Quest is a pleasant surprise, but like... Yeah, and comparatively... It was, yeah. yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Like, we, had, we, we, had, we had Dragon Quest games on DS. It wasn't, you know, yeah. it's not like we've been waiting for like 20 years or something like that. I don't know. Well, so. people, people were crying for it, so you knew it was going to happen eventually. It's yeah. just like a matter and of and, and Nintendo has form bringing them over, and I think the one thing people forget is that Nintendo may be the type of company that doesn't announce things until they're very, very, very much ready to announce them. But yeah, like, Dragon Quest Nine was quite successful on 3DS. They they marketed that game successfully to an audience Square Enix has never managed to, which is this the the, the Pokemon crowd, and that was hugely successful for them. Um, so I wasn't too surprised. Um, so we cut that. 
Yeah. Wait, yeah. Who, wants to collect, yeah. who wants to cut Cloud and Bale on Smash? Who, wait, who, oh yeah, who here predicted really that Cloud was going to be on Smash? Like, come on. I don't, uh, I don't random forum poster seven years ago called Cloud yeah. and Smash, man. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't compare to the rest of the list, yes. though. No. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's one of those things that, like, you know, it's kind of like been like a fanboy dream forever. So yeah. it, 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 it's, it's a surprise. Like, it's not like it didn't come out of nowhere. And it doesn't do it's much at, for us as an RPG but, site, you know? It's yeah. like, okay, cool. That's, that's it's, a, it's a fighting game. I'm more surprised. His, he got an amiibo. Yeah. <laughs> here's yeah. Now, here's the thing that I that I would say about the Cloud and Smash thing. It's that as soon as the as soon as the 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 other Final Fantasy VII related thing on this list was happening, the chances of that obviously dramatically increased anyway because all, all, all the stuff is the first on PS4. It's not. Also, um, when the... you know, now we know the episodic structure, that probably means episode one is first on PS4, and then the later stuff might be day and day on whatever on PC or wherever else. So it's like as soon as that happened, and it's like, oh, okay, so chances are that game is coming for the NX. Yeah, yeah. 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 Smash is not as much of a big deal. I also, I also feel like when other like Japanese company characters started ending up in Smash Brothers, like Snake in the last game, and then Sonic, and then. Pac-Man and Mega Man. Yeah, it kind of felt like it was Fire becoming... Emblem characters. Yeah. Well, it's like I mean, like I meant like non-Nintendo. I meant like it became more and more and more likely, and then it happened. So oh, sure. kind of like built I think up to it. They, they still they missed the obvious thing. It probably should have been Sora in real terms, but yeah, I agree. That's a whole different bag of worms. When, anyway, uh, the next one. What the Golden Cloud amiibo? Yeah, a, a Sora amiibo. On that topic, I think the Final Fantasy VII remake is top three, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, think yeah. I, think I think that's actually number I, one. I would, I would cut Nino Kuni two actually. Like, mm, I don't know. I felt like I don't know. Like, if it's a big, big surprise of, compared out of level, relatively. Like, out of level five successes, like outside of like Yokai Watch, um, it's, like, it's been one of level five's most successful games. That's okay. Like, compared to like compared yeah. to like White Knight Chronicles or whatever else. Oh, and... don't. <laughs> I, I feel like oh you know, if level five has a hit in Nino Kuni, like it, and we kind of they're they're kind of murmured to be like working on something for a while. It, it felt like it wasn't out of the question. Yeah, so. yeah uh, level, level five. You could kind of predict it a little bit. Level five I, isn't shy about making sequels about you know to yeah, their titles. I mean, how, like when did when did the first Yokai Watch come out, and how many are they at now? <laughs> Like six or something like that. I think in yeah. Nino Kuni only came out like a couple years ago, so I guess it's not that crazy. Yeah. Still, on the on the complete so, flip side of that, Nier did not do well. <laughs> no, Nier yeah. yeah. did really bad. The, the thing I mean, the thing about Nier by Platinum Games is it's not like the biggest surprise. It's just kind of like the one that sounds ridiculous. Like it doesn't even sound real even now. It's like yeah, they're making but, another Nier game and Platinum's making it. It's like nah, no, get out of here, get out of here. In light of everything else we've learned this year, where Platinum literally seems to be picking up anything and everything, like Transformers, I mean, Transformers, Teenage, Ninja Trans yeah. Transformers it, Star like, Fox Zero. It is surprising, but I because. If I look at the, the ones that remain now, my my inkling is cut Nino Kuni two, cut Nia, and that's the final for that's the final. I would, uh, cut Nia. I would I would go with cutting Zero Time Dilemma because the thing I is, I well, would cut. The, I would. Uh, uh, the thing is, um, very slow, ch like slim chance in hell that that Zero Escape three was going to be a thing based on like the creator, like uh, saying like. Well, the thing is, it was not going to be a big. It, it was a slim chance until Danganronpa did well. And then they had enough money to do basically what, well, I don't know if it's money, but they were able to do 
more stuff, one Danganronpa yeah. one and two did well. Wait, so it but, was only a matter of time. Is that Danganronpa? Danganronpa is Nisa and yeah, and, and Zero Time. Is yeah, but they're both made by Spike. They're both the same the developer. Yeah, they're both made oh, by Spike Chunsoft though. Yeah, Spike Chunsoft. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that Zero Time Dilemma's announcement in itself is the biggest surprise. Like, I just thought like, because we knew it was gonna like happen. Like, we knew that like the creators trying to find ways to like you know to to get this thing like uh, funded, where he's gonna get like you know. Uh, the money from like it's not it's not like that this uh zero escape three was like impossible it's not like that er everyone had like gave up on like that zero escape three was ever gonna happen i think yeah. and and that's and I, I can definitely see that and me personally yeah i would say like and mostly because i haven't played the other zero escape games but i would i would keep near shenmue and final fantasy 7 remake too that would be my three yeah, yeah, yeah i would say my top two would definitely be seven and and shenmue so. yes i'd say shenmue wins shenmue. <laughs> i would i I'd say final fantasy wins oh, it's I gonna happen i think it's seven is gonna happen eventually i think fun i think no. final fantasy wins and i think one of the things that people in this group especially especially the ones who were at e3 need to keep in mind is we sort of had we knew Yep. So the moment itself was not as was was perhaps not as, as shocking. No, but I would say even before like when we before that when we knew like I still was like really like really? it was still a disbelief sort of yeah. Thing, yeah. Like, you I, and I, I didn't but... believe it until it actually happened. Uh, I, I, here's, I think there's a lot of parts to the announcement for the remake that's like especially like over the past couple of months that sort of makes it the biggest surprise because one yes. we now know it's not an entire what, what it's not one game it's multiple games it's gonna be <clears throat> its own thing it is gonna be i mean they, they've actually shown gameplay for it they've uh, you know they've shown how think... it's actually gonna play it's gonna play like versus 13 they show how they've read uh, redone the character so cloud actually doesn't look like his advent children like less less the less the 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 nitty-gritty specifics of it it's more just that not only was it announced, but then, um, you know, the, the the nature of the development, the nature that um, CyberConnect2 is <laughs> one of many studios making it. CyberConnect2 um, is good. Come on. I'm not saying I'm not. I never said they were bad. I, I just think CyberConnect2 is probably actually really making it. They're just very wary about admitting that fact in case it causes idiots to fly off the handle. CyberConnect2 um, has a lot on their plate, though. So I'm, I'm not sure and, if they're it. All of it. Uh, they hired a lot of people, um, but either way, ask us Rath. You too. It's got. It's got to be built. You know, someday. Oh, so, <laughs> here's, oh, here's... Oh, God, that's a great game. Yeah, we need a sequel <laughs> someday, please. Here's my argument for Shenmue, though, is like the the Final Fantasy thing leaked. Um, it was on Gaff. The people were talking yeah, yeah, about but, it. Yeah. As, soon as, as soon as the thing is, so here's the thing, because several of you were at the the press conference, and I remember because like as soon as like the live stream came on stage, everyone knew it was real. There, it's real. But like, I'm like, oh, and we have something else. And then I remember, I'll never ever forget this. When the the Shenmue words came on screen, everyone gasped. And like, if we're talking just pure surprise, nothing compared to that. People See, were just I, I, total shocked. Although, That's although it. the surprise was perhaps ruined by, by by leaks, and this is why I said the people at E3 need to keep an open mind because it's like mm -hmm. even before, like we all knew, we all went to bed, and then when we woke up, we woke up to Silicon Era breaking the story <laughs> that yeah, and, and and we all kind of went fuck because we all already knew we were disappointed that that it yeah. got out. <laughs> um, uh, I'm still so, mad at them. The, the yeah. thing with the the seven. Look at is, is that my phone? Oh, it's beautiful music playing. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 um, it's music. telling me to get ready for work. But no, um, the, the thing with the seven is whenever because we, we already knew, but I kind of just figured
and just be like, and this is coming. Oh, like oh, the logo and like, oh yeah, yeah guys, we're working on it. <laughs> they, they actually showed. Well, let me. Let me let me I let me speak. I, I think the proof that Shem, I think my vote still goes for FF7, but I think more people were still shocked. I think His, people in general were more shocked by Shenmue 3. I mean, what there, so there were on that day there were two threads already. Well, one was on off FF7 saying, "Hey, there's a remake coming." Because we're talking know, about Gaff, by the way. Let's be clear. You're talking about Gaff. But 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 his his, hey, his... like I think I think Gaff still speaks to it, right? And then there was another thread where saying, "Hey, you, you Suzuki is going to show up and on on." Uh, at E3, and people were like, no. Because See, I disagree. Because I remember, again, when Siliconera posted that story, I remember us sitting in our E3 accommodation, and like me and Aaron, for instance, looking at the gaff threads and laughing at how everybody was like, there is no fucking way. Siliconera is so stupid. And I remember we were laughing because we knew it was real, and we were saying, there's going to be so much crow eaten in about, you know, yeah, it was in about six hours. how and... many people thought it was fake. I mean, but to be fair, like, when I... First time I ever heard of it, I was like, no. <laughs> here's my here's my argument against Shenmue, is that um, Yu Suzuki has been going around for five, six years telling everybody that he wants to do it. And with, Sh- with, 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 with Shenmue 3, it was really only really, especially with the, 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 the rising in crowdfunding and all that stuff, it was only really a, a question of time before he found a partner or partners who would put up the money to do something with him. With the Final Fantasy VII thing, you literally had the CEO of Square Enix two years, less, 18 months before, saying, we will never do this, and then he left. And the new guy came in and presumably greenlit it almost right away. <laughs> I don't know if he would say never. They said that they, they would only make it if, well, no, he if, never if said 15 yeah, if the yeah, game was better. I yeah, still think decisions. Well, let me let me let me speak uh, for the other ones because you guys have built up the argument for Final Fantasy VII remake. For me, the seven remake was a matter of when, not you know if it was going to happen because they keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. It's like, whoa, whoa, of course whoa, 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 it's going to happen. Hey, let me talk about the other games first, guys. You guys have been talking <laughs> quite a bit. I want to talk about the other ones. So, Shenmue Three. You say like, they've been going around five or six years. That doesn't mean a whole lot. It it, it could be that you know it was never going to happen because if you look at the but like what happened with the Shenmue one and two, those games went extremely over budget, cost them a lot of money, and it seemed like it was never going to happen. And so now you've got I think Shenmue three is a thing where it's like not only are you talking about the announcement itself, but how successful that Kickstarter was. Let's put aside of course the controversy around some of that stuff okay. with like Sony. But, but, but like but, but it was like it was making millions they... of dollars in like the first couple days, you know. And... No doubt hugely successful Kickstarter, but also not that successful in the respect that they didn't get how much they actually wanted. But that's that's the thing is like, you know, anybody could say upright like how much we wish we got Yu Suzuki was the one who actually said it. You know, other developers, I'm sure, is like they had a number in mind that they would love to have with stretch goals and whatnot, and make the complete game. But they have to make some sacrifices. Or like, you, you, know. you want to talk about a, su- a surprise success Kickstarter? That's like Ouya, where they they they, they blew past <laughs> all their stretch goals within a very very short. Well, that's, time. But that's not really what I'm talking about. It's it's just the fact that I think when Shenmue was announced, I think that was a huge thing for me. I uh, just. But I, I would also, I, I would say I'd put Nier above that, uh, I, 3 anyway, just because um, we already talked about how that game was already a mixed bag to begin with. And, you know, coming from Caveo, it was like, you know, no longer around. I mean, you can, I guess you can kind of link into Drakengard 3 that it was like, okay, this the, the developers can be brought back together to make something. But um, 
like the fact that Nier was already kind of, you know, everything was said and done. You felt like it was nothing was ever going to happen with that game anymore. And then they come out and announce a sequel, I think means, I guess it, it's like, it's the biggest surprise because I think that kind of kicked off uh, this, this feeling that, okay, finally, um, you know, companies like Square Enix are willing to kind of take these risks still when before you think with all the um all the restructuring that Square Enix was doing it's like okay they're not going to not they're going to keep playing it safe i think Final Fantasy 7 remake is a safe thing i think uh, uh, putting aside of course the episodic thing which you know who knows the, the difference of course there Nier though is is, is is size is size and scope near is bound to be a relatively cheap project it probably I think this yeah. is the thing that people probably haven't thought about as much. It probably doesn't have any more of a budget than Activision's Transformers and Turtles games with 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 Platinum. Um, well, no, no, I don't know. The biggest surprise is like the amount of money because, of course, they're going to put the most money into a Final Fantasy project. That makes I would, sense. I would, I would probably argue that Nier is actually my winner here. Yeah, it's the biggest surprise. Yeah, I, I th- no yeah, one thought, I, hey, I, Nier's going to get think a it's... sequel. I mean, part of it is, is I don't really have any you know connection with Shenmue at all. Final Fantasy VII is something people have been asking for forever, so it's kind of just like you know, just a fanboy dream that finally came to fruition. But Nier is like, even people who loved Nier weren't really asking for a sequel. They never expected one. Cavia was dead. You know, yeah. it was a self-contained thing. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, yep, there's a sequel, and yep, it's being made by Platinum Games. It's just like that, that double whammy. That's, that's, that's the stuff of myth. That's the stuff of myth. Actually, it's like, just... I know, I know, Aaron actually kind of, I think it was Aaron told us that near was near two was happening but i still had no idea that it, i was like who's making it <laughs> oh, i'm like who's i didn't making believe it? her i didn't believe <laughs> yeah, i didn't believe I her like, i was like uh, who's making it you know and like it never occurred to me like holy holy cow it's platinum <laughs> like th- i can was... see that the weakness see, I... was the combat mix and like this is going to fix the, like the part yeah that was weakest my, my so, argument i guess would just be that it i don't think it is shenmue 3 because i do think um, Suzuki has been going at it for so long and so hard, and also you, you must remember has had two a, had two attempts to get more Shenmue stuff off the ground that kind of got aborted halfway through already um, since Shenmue two, and I, I just don't think um, you know as soon as they started doing that you know sort of Sony were doing their hashtag building the list bullshit and all that. Oh god, Shenmue, what's it? That's important. Shenmue, Shenmue was immediately like <laughs> the one of the, top, one of the top flight things on that Yakuza list. Five. Um, and Sony, you know, when they were doing that, was in a position where obviously they weren't sure how they were going to do. Um, so I just, I don't think Shenmue 3 belongs. I could see it being, I think, to be honest, it could be Final Fantasy 7 or Nier, and it just depends on the angle at which you're looking at this. Yeah. This you, you, you've convinced me. I'll go with seven. How about, how about Darren? What, what do you think about this? I think we are looking at this the wrong size. This is the biggest. This is the biggest surprise category. It's not best reveal because the near two reveal is kind of underwhelming. But the actual fact that near is getting a sequel is the biggest surprise bar none. I think the fact I that it is like this, I think the fact that it is kind of like a smaller thing. Like you know, Final Fantasy VII is like the remake that everyone was looking for out of any remake that would ever possibly happen. Yeah, that's Nier, true. Near two is like you know this kind of small side quirky niche game. It's like yeah, you know I'll, I'll why would, why would they why would they make a sequel to that? I and do think yeah. So I think it's, I think it's small size kind of like as a surprise is uh it makes it bigger. The, the timing <laughs> surprised me, but I do think a Final Fantasy VII remake was inevitable. It was like that that project is is a noose around their neck, and it was just a question of when they were going to put the noose yeah. on. 
Um, and now we'll see if... I'll play if, it, I'll love it. it. I just well, now we'll see if they hang or if they survive. <laughs> Whereas Nier <laughs> is something they never actually needed to make. Final Fantasy VII Remake is, what I'd say is, is if Square can continue to have bad years as they had in the last console generation, the, the more bad years they had, the more... Um, Desperate? <laughs> The, the more likely that what that that game was was to was to be happening, and then I think the ducks just happened to to line up in a row, I guess, where uh, Katassi was finished with with thirteen and all that sort of stuff, and he he moved off, he moved away from fifteen as soon as it was no longer versus. Nomura was moved off that, um, and he's not really fully directing Kingdom Hearts three either, so he has spare time. Square was willing. Square became more willing to outsource, and if there's one thing that at least I've been led to believe is true about um, Matsuda, the new CEO, it's that compared to Wada, he's much more um, content to make these much safer bets. Um, whereas Wada was always, for all the shit people give him, he was always quite a um, quite an adventurous CEO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about some of the things he did and greenlit in his time. In, infinite uh, Discovery. I mean, come on, that was huge. Well, green, you know, he green all those free. He greenlit all those three sixty RPGs. Last he, remnant. He he pushed for the idea of Final Fantasy sequels. He helped to shore up the relationship with Nintendo for Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. Um, Matsuda seems to be a much more okay. What what well you know, we'll make a few big obvious bets. Like even if it isn't good, which I hope that isn't the case. The Final Fantasy VII remake is still going to sell. I would wager a lot more than fifteen, at oh, least totally. on the first episode. Totally. I think the problem. I think the problem they have is, if it isn't excellent, then they'll see significant drop off on the subsequent episodes. Yep. But either way, or entries, whatever you want to call them. Um, whereas Matsuda is all about, yeah, we'll make these big obvious bets, and then lots of smaller bets that don't cost much money but might not work out at all which is how you get near or time how you get near how you get um star well, ocean project set sooner yes it's even it's even in a sense how you get a, too, it's yeah. even in a sense how you get a star ocean five hey, hey so, man that's that's really like the like underlying surprise of this year they're, they're insane enough to make another star ocean after four <laughs> that's a big surprise I, right there i, I quite like star ocean four anyway okay well, it was all right <laughs> just the last guess, boss sucked. <laughs> I'm all about Edge Maverick. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, where's the Edge Maverick yeah, life? I think we can. I think we can disregard everything Alex says. Tonight. Yeah, um, that's a signature. It's like you like small about Edge Maverick. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that though I do, for me personally, my pick is probably seven. I can definitely support Nia winning this category. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think in terms of like the pound for pound, like out of nowhere type of surprise, I totally agree. Any dissenting voices? So here's my pick, and it was show of hands. Was... Show, I think show of hands. Show of Re- hands. All right, everyone, show you. Okay, all right. I, I'm counting. Hold on. All right. Wow, dear, is you of us? Oh man, there's like more <laughs> hands than people here. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, like who's for the remake? Uh, seven remake taking biggest prize. I'll go with that. That's it. Just two. I could go for either, but the arguments have convinced me that yeah. it should probably be near because a seven remake was kind of inevitable, and a near two was a bizarre. No, okay, like yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think like seven Those remake. Be good, but, you know. Seven remake like winning would be like it would probably be like a most exciting category, you know. Oh, that was a fantastic <laughs> reveal trailer. Not the best reveal trailer of the year. But yeah. we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what yeah. was the best reveal trailer? We'll find out. We'll find out soon. I already know what he's talking about. <laughs> I 
it's definitely not the first one on this list. I can't believe that would be it. Um, so <laughs> now, so yes, and that's uh, near Automata and uh, a lock as the num- as the biggest surprise of 2014, according to our 15. site. 15. 15. 15. 15. 2014 should have been Valkyrie Carnival. Oh, that's, that's yeah. right. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> Who won that category? Like, does anyone Terrible even talk about, about the winner? Like, what? Never no, no, I'm sorry. What game? Because I don't remember anything winning last year. Um, so... Oh, man, I totally forgot Valkyrie Azure Revolution. No one talks about that game last year. Um, Zach, no, you forgot Valkyrie bad. Azure Revolution. <laughs> Where's that console game coming? Um, so now we've got... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. See, even... Okay, what I'll say about this category is there's a lot on this list, and I wonder if we should even read oh out gosh. the full list. Gosh, you just... I wonder Here, if wait, we wait, should... Can I do the honors of reading this I forgot. Real, real fast? No, no, we, okay. we got to go through it. We got to um, like, yeah. sweeten it up. This, right. is the last, this is the last category for this section, and then we're going to take a break. So. Okay. All right, so now we've got one to watch as far as uh, <laughs> exciting most upcoming RPGs. Now, it doesn't – honestly, personally, I don't think it has to be 2016 where the game can come out, but um, that seems to be what we've got as far as nominations what, 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 here. What, what, what we said about this category last year was that it, it, it's about a game – because, like, for instance, uh, we didn't know, and indeed it wasn't, that Final Fantasy XV would be a, a 2015 game. Um but we said it's get it's 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 one to watch in the respect that that could be one to watch for release or it could be one to watch for expecting to see and learn more about that game in the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll be glad to learn how much fifteen will suck. <laughs> we're looking for that one. So uh, by the way, categories last... one to watch. Let's first let's go through the nominations and then we'll discuss it. So Alex, please do the honors. <laughs> First of all, uh, I mentioned no, that last, last year's one to watch was Witcher Three, just to mention. Yes. Yeah. No, that's... Right. Are you saying okay. we're giving our blessings? All right, let's start reading them. The let's, beat, let's beat them off. Go ahead. Uh, so we got Mass Effect Andromeda. We got Final Fantasy Fifteen. We have Persona Five. We have The Legend of Zelda for Wii U, which doesn't yet have a title. We have Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness. We have <laughs> Scalebound. Every time. We have Danganronpa Three. We have Horizon Zero Dawn. We have Dark Souls Three. We have Cosmic Star Heroine, Project Setsuna, Trials of Cold Steel, uh, the Fire Emblem and um, Persona crossover, which I'm sure they're going to rename for a Western release. Um, We've got World of Final Fantasy. We have Deus Ex Mankind Divided. I don't know who wrote that in, but well done because I'd forgotten. Yeah, I I wrote it in. Uh, Bravely Second End Layer, uh, Nia again. Um, Kingdom Hearts 2. Point whatever, 2.8. Fire Emblem Fates, and the new Valkyria game. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. By extension, Kingdom Hearts. I'll do it. Can we okay. cross out Cosmic Star Hero and Project Cessna, please? No. No. Why? Oh, no. Oh, oh, hold on. Hell no. Project Cessna, no. Cosmic Star Hero no. <laughs> is really good. Okay. Having, having played a fair bit of it, and I know Zach has as well, I think it's going to be excellent, and I look forward to the review in a couple of months' time. But I think Dark Souls doesn't sit on this one to watch list. No, I'm I'm a really big fan of that series, but it feels too soon for one of those again. Like I'll play it and I'm sure I'll like it, but even if it's directed by Miyazaki, which it is, it's just like it's like the like this Dark this Souls game? three, Bloodborne, and then Earth two, Bloodborne, and then three. That's three in, in right. a row. Well, there's a lot on this list. So any direct objections to cutting Dark Souls from this? No, no I, I will say that this yeah. game. It, it has it easy because it's following up on a shitty game, Dark Souls Two. So yeah. like, 
I think it's that Dark Souls 3 is like if you're a big Dark Souls fan, it's supposed to wrap up a lot of the lore from Dark Souls 1. Like, it's supposed to tell some stories that people want to know more about. It's going to be I, in that game. So, for fans, to, it's going to be huge. I right? have I have really high hopes for it to be far better than 2. I'll say that based on what I've played. I really fucking enjoyed what I played. I just don't think it sits it's on bad. this list. Yeah, the next I thing agree. I'll say is just continue to be brutal. I don't think World of Final Fantasy belongs either. <laughs> Oh, oh, it looks so good in there. I know. I'll say but... this second, this other Square Enix game, Kingdom Hearts 2. Point whatever. I don't think that belongs on. No, this I, I, no. I, it's, it's I don't think. I don't think World of Final Fantasy, Bravely Second, or Kingdom Hearts belong. Agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be in my top three, so sure. Because we have to get this massive list down to down to three. Yeah. yeah. It's like 30 games here, so like, yeah. If they're being mentioned here, that means they're games we're very excited for next year. That's. Yeah. That's the important thing for everybody to take away. We're not saying these games are going to suck. I, it seems like Bravely Second is just going to kind of lean its way into a release and no one's going to like notice because it seems like no one's really talking about Maybe it right Bravely, now. Bravely Second Friend Slayer. Anyway, so we got other games on this list here. So uh, Star, Star Ocean probably can be cut. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm way. At, no, it looks great. <laughs> I mean, I, just comparatively. I just cut I cut Scalebound before Star Ocean. I'm actually really, really, I'm actually really, really interested. Whoa, in whoa, 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 whoa. I cut, I cut, yeah, I said it. I cut Mass Effect no. before all those, but yeah, no, it's good. Fuck you. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just cut kidding. everything. Scalebound, here's, here's my argument for. Uh, would it be in your three think, though? I don't think I don't think in the end it's going to make the top three, if I'm honest. But I don't want to cut Scalebound yet because what I'll say about Scalebound is, when I had that demo, when 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 Camilla gave me that demo, I'd seen the press conference demos and thought they were sort of flat. When I saw his direct, um, you know, one on you know one on three demo, uh, and I saw the game running live in front of me, and he showed me specifically really the RPG stuff um, in more detail. I thought, as I wrote in the preview, this is the most interesting-looking Japanese RPG I've seen in about a decade. Just in terms of the the tone of it, the things it's cribbing from Western RPGs, the idea, my favourite thing of all is how Kamiya said they they wanted to have a set character, but they also wanted to have the level of freedom and customization that games like Fallout and Elder Scrolls have. So their solution is to have... Uh, Drew, be this who's the, who's that main guy? Be this set character that levels up along a relatively um, preset path and just unlocks new skills as he goes. But then the dragon who is with you all the time can be customized down to the finest, tiniest detail. You know, do you want him to have wings or not? You know, uh, it's an evolution system basically. Why so would you not want wings. The way the way the dragon. Well, if you don't have wings, engines, he might be heavier, and more of a brawler, and able to do more immediate damage in combat. Uh, but he would be uh-huh. less traversable and stuff like that. Um, and I think it looks ridiculously cool. Um, Scalebound is kind of like a wild card. Like you don't know what to expect. Whereas some of these games, you kind of. If you're talking about these two big new IPs, I would cut Horizon before Scalebound, but I think that's awesome as well. And the idea to me of cutting some, cutting either of those, while things like Star Ocean and Danganronpa are on the list, is mental. I think we'd cut. I cut Zelda because we barely know anything about it still. That's yeah. What, <laughs> Zelda feels so far out of reach. Compared yeah. To everything else mm-hmm. on this that list, prob- I, I don't even know if I see it next year. Which yeah, is ironic yeah. because this game was supposed to be out this year. Yeah, it totally was. Like yeah. this fall or whatever. That game's getting retooled for anime. Just cut it. Yeah, it's totally gonna be different. Can we? It might be when it might win like best tangential of 2016 at this rate, but who knows at this point? So let's let's cut Zelda. 
Can we also cut Gennady Monroku? No. That one <laughs> has some interest. Uh, I, I think it looks amazing. That's one of the reasons I bought a Wii U, and I was never if planning on buying a Wii U. If there's going to be a Fire Emblem game on this list, I think it's fake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I, I like the... I think it looks amazing, but I agree. I think that, yeah, the... Genite so we're going to cut the crossover. Yeah. yeah, we'll cut the crossover, but you know we'll argue for another category. We should, we should also, we should also cut uh, Trails of Cold Steel. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's coming out this year. We'll have a it's review of like two days. Well, yeah. as of this recording, we'll have a we'll have a coverage on the site. But yeah, it's not going to be top three. So okay, okay, so I do want to ask: Is do you do you guys honestly think Final Fantasy Fifteen and Persona Five deserve? This. Persona 5 is going to win. I Persona think yeah. 5. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about here? Persona 5, well, like, you'd be crazy not to have it. Again, like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not ready to cut. Insane. I'm not, I, I think Persona 5 is top 3, and I'm not ready to cut Final Fantasy 15. I'm, no, I'm, ready, I'm ready to cut Star Ocean, though. Okay, yeah. Let, Star Ocean. I would cut Cosmic Zero Dawn before Star Ocean. I, I would cut Let, Mass Effect Andromeda just for the same, in the oh. same in a Zelda, we just, there's just not there's just nothing. That's true. There's not a whole lot to work with, but yeah, like, I'd, I'd cut Cosmic Star as well because it looks like, great. But I'm not excited as it as I am for some other games. Like there's, about, just, there's not enough info, right? Like the, it's in the same talking, game as Zelda. Well, we're talking it's, about cutting Mass Effect before Valkyria Azure Revolution. Yeah, like, yes, yes. yes. We, we, okay, yes, we, we actually, we actually know, we actually know more are. about Valkyria than Mass Effect. RPG. Yeah. Who gives a shit? It's still an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I do, I do share some of that sentiment though. You know, it, it, one of the great things we hardly know anything about like how it's actually going to play. Think, we know more about I, Valkyria I, I Azure Revolution than Mass Effect and Dropout. Valkyria Chronicles. Four, that's why. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't whoa. cut it. Okay, 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 okay. Here's what oh, we have. You were talking right, about the Mass Effect being cut. No. Here, here's what we have right now that it have not been decided on yet. These are the games that are left. We have Mass Effect, Andromeda. We have Final Fantasy 15. We have Persona 5. Star Ocean. It seems like we have some people who don't want to cut it yet. Uh, Scalebound, Horizon, Project Setsuna. We have Deus Ex, Nier Automata, Fire Emblem Fates, and Valkyria. I, okay. Well, as much as I love I think in this category, we're looking at things that are going to be big and that are going to be think... big. That are going to be big for the genre in general. I think Setsuna looks fantastic, and I'm really, really. It's one of my personal most anticipated games. Mm-hmm. But I think I would, I would cut Setsuna before I would cut Final Fantasy 15, for instance. I would. Uh, Four days. I got yelled at for this, but I would cut 15 before Setsuna. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> I, 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 but yeah, I totally agree, though. That like Setsuna is yeah, like not gonna there. like. It's not gonna like revolutionize the whole genre. It's like a, a, a giant like love letter to it. I love it. I love it to death. Start a revolution. It, yes. Setsuna might start a revolution where those old school style RPGs are more acceptable again. It might. Yeah. Xbox is real. Setsuna will probably be better than 15 anyway. Yeah, I will see. This <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. This isn't us predicting what's going to be good. This that's is us predicting a... what's going to be interesting. And that's for December well, next year. So we're not predicting, Alex. We're we're stating as fact. That's well, be better than- <laughs> let's set the stakes down too is that we're talking about and this is our group not about what other rpg fans or other fans think i think it's important to make sure that we're focusing on the games that we're going to be the most excited to play so that's why i feel like Setsuna is great uh it, it, we shouldn't yeah kill we should valkyria. Be- kill valkyria kill Deus Ex. Uh, okay. wait why are we killing this sex whoa 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 whoa, whoa. whoa. amazing why are you cutting yeah. Deus Ex, man because the last one sucked what? what? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? I'm gonna punch you through this Skype call. What 
fuck? You're cut to, you know like, fuck? bloodshed here. Ugh, <laughs> oh, I'm uh, for this. Human Revolution you know, I didn't think, so good! I didn't, think, I didn't think I'd say this, but I would actually probably cut Fire Emblem Fates as well. Because although, like I said, I would cut the, the spin-off before that, it doesn't look that different to Awakening. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of a known it's, quantity. It's, 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 yeah. They've got feet. They've got feet this time. It's like they found their rhythm with Awakening. They found a way to make Fire Emblem sell more than it's ever sold before. All they do is got to reskin and recolor or something, which is perfectly valid. <laughs> you you but don't I think like in terms, of, in terms of how interesting Fates is going to be. I think probably less than something like Final Fantasy XV, which we we have so many questions about, for instance. But we know yeah, so like, much about too at the same time. <laughs> well, that's that's a, that's a question for their ridiculous, disastrous promotional machine. But I'd agree. I mean, a lot of games follow this kind of formula. But Fire Emblem, you know, they had like Awakening, and then Fates is just kind of like you know, it's the exact same engine, exact same style, just a little bit of a tweak with having you know this kind of story branch and among other things. But it's you know, it's it's just kind of. Right. A, you know, it, 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 it doesn't really bring a whole lot that's new and interesting, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably it's, it's, it's probably gonna it's probably gonna be great. But, no, yeah, you know, yeah. Awakening won our best overall RPG before, so I yeah, expect awake, that to be in the contest too. Awakening still. was our winner overall like two years ago. So yeah, yeah. But here, here fights. Here's my argument against Valkyria Azure uh, Revolution. Like, I love Valkyria Chronicles, but, like, this is the game they're like, oh, they're testing the waters. But, like, the, like, the first game had such good uh, mechanics, like, as in a strategy RPG, and I am really sad that the new one isn't a strategy RPG. We, 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 we don't know. I 100% agree. One of the reasons why Valkyria Chronicles is probably, like, in my top five of the whole last generation is, you know, this unique style that never really been done before in terms of, like, this strategy, third-person type, you know, pseudo real time type, you know, gameplay. And Valkyria Chronicles two and three, you know, just kind of twisted that a little bit. But this is, you know, kind of took that You should unique... you should play three. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's better than one. What, what, what type of game is this then? I thought this was another tactics game. No, it's not oh, a tactics game. RPG kind it's of more it's, well it's more like it's more like turn based like we normal. exactly we don't know exactly how it's gonna play like so well, like we, yes it, it, it's sad it's sad up? it's sad that tactical that the tactical RPG element is like it's like not going that style anymore but to say that we don't know exactly how this is going to play because we've never seen any like direct feed like gameplay or whatnot in motion and like with that ui and everything we just we, it's, it's a big question mark that's why it's just like uh, like saying that like oh the, this is not gonna this doesn't seem interesting because uh gets rid of the tactile asset i can definitely see that but the same, we don't know like where it's exactly shifting to exactly oh. okay I, I would, um, as much as I love Akira, I, I see shit, your yeah. argument. We'll cut it. Yeah, well, well it's, it's, I find it's, it's, it cutting it's the, it. It's a sequel everybody was asking for, in a way nobody was asking for. Well, we'll it's, see. It's, we'll wait it's, and it's, see. It's a fine line, it though. It could we don't still want, be good. We don't, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't want them to do like the exact same thing over and over, but no. it kind of it almost feels like it diverges too much right now. But as Josh was saying, it's just kind of. The, the thing I will say... The Valkyrie Chronicles producer is too busy making thing, a browser game in Japan, that's why. The thing, the thing that I'll say as resident, as resident anime hater is that <laughs> I really liked Valkyria 1 because it, um, it had a really interesting, cool tone. The way they did their anime World War II yeah. sort of feel <laughs> felt really genuine and awesome. But then later on, in the, in the sequels, it seemed to just descend into typical anime pap even more... And I remember like playing the second one, just being like, "Oh, three's better." Fuck. Three returns back okay. to the cold stuff, and actually, it's, um, it's actually probably it's, it's more. It still has anime elements. Okay. It has a lot okay. of anime elements. Still hot, still hot anime. But with that gone, I'm willing to concede and now cut Horizon. 
Uh, I really want it, but uh, yeah, fair enough. It looks amazing. I don't think Horizon beats Scalebound on this right now. I think they both look ace, and I think either one could be the better of the two. Um, I imagine, chances are, Sony and Microsoft are going to schedule those to go up against each other. Um, but it'll be right now, even though what I've seen was only seen in the closed doors stuff at Gamescom, so no, nobody in the public has seen it, what I've seen, having seen the closed doors demos for both, Scalebound is the more exciting to me. Man, no. I can see that. So we're down to we Mass Effect, Final Fantasy, Persona, Star Ocean, Scalebound, Setsuna, Deus Ex, I think we should cut Setsuna or Nier. Why is Star Ocean still there? Why is Star Ocean still there? I would cut Mass Effect. Yeah, why is Star Ocean I would cut Mass Effect. Because we already know what Mass Effect is We'll talk about Mass Effect in a minute. What's that? Hold up. No, no, haters. No. Sit down. <laughs> no, no, no. I love Mass Effect. I just think that, like, we already know what Mass Effect is really. We we know, like. I don't know. I don't think we would know. I don't think uh, we I, can, we're, we're we actually debating Star Ocean over Mass Effect. Like, can we no. Okay. Star Ocean? Well, let me let me let me say something. Sorry, I am really interested in Star Ocean. I thought Star I Ocean. I, I thought Star Ocean Four had some really neat ideas in terms of like how it does its dungeon structure, how it does its side quests, how you do exploration, optional areas, optional bosses, crafting. The story was terrible. The characters were awful. But I thought it did a lot of things well. And then Infinite Undiscovery, I thought, had a lot of neat ideas too, with its mm. seamless battles, with its large parties. And Star Ocean Five is kind of taking some of those elements. So in fact, Star Ocean might be my most look my most anticipated game of next year. However, I, I, I would not I, put, I, I would not put it in the top three. I, I, would, I just think that like I, I don't want to say like all Mass Effect games played the same way. It's just I know we, we know what we're gonna expect, but like versus no, but, Nier, okay. like, we don't know. We actually don't. Here to address this Mass Effect thing, right? Here's the thing. I think it's the most interesting and and I think it's the most interesting Western RPG of next year. And here's the reason why: it's a new team taking a different approach. Anybody who played any of the the the, the, the Mass Effect Three multiplayer will be well aware of um, how different that ended up playing towards the back end to even Mass Effect Three vanilla single player. It plays completely differently, and they go down some incredibly different past with the different classes you can play and all that sort of stuff so it's a new team they're doing new things they're cutting loose completely from the previous story and from the previous characters and from the previous um world they've designed galaxy and also we know they're doing you know really different things with exploration and that sort of stuff so whereas you know uh, mass one and two and three were well mass two and three especially were these linear stories with a choice of what mission are you going to do now um and that's where your choice comes in they're going <laughs> back to the much more open uh style of the first game but they're now able to well they now say they're going to be able to deliver on it in a much more interesting and broad way and with that you've got the return of the vehicles um and i just think They've been building with that series in a really interesting way. I think if you look at the quality of Dragon Age Inquisition, which was a cross-generational title, and I think if it hadn't been a cross-generational title and hadn't been hamstrung by it in those ways, it would have placed a lot higher on these discussions last year. I think they're in line to do some... Nier is much more interesting. Like, we know, like, the Nier, it's the, the Nier franchise, not franchise, but, like, the Nier title was good, and we know Platinum Games can make it uh, make action really well, uh, well in, in a, any game they make. I mean, Avatar Korra was pretty good. The core games were pretty good. 
Transformer games was pretty good. I mean, put that in together with Nier, and I think that's a much more interesting combination and something new compared to Mass Effect. I don't I, think I just, you like, can act like Mass Effect is not going to be something incredibly new, though, because it sounds like it doesn't even... It's not even in the same... Are they going to bring like, back the eavesdropping to Mass Effect 3? Because that's the, <laughs> well, the, the, the The thing you need to realize about assuming Mass Effect Andromeda is going to play the same, like, it's open world. It already can't play like a yeah, core... I mean, I'm not saying it's going to play the same way. I'm just saying it's Mass Effect. We know what we're going to expect. It's going to be space exploration. That's, yeah, but by, that's but by that logic... But, but, hang on. But by that logic, we're cutting Persona. And Final Fantasy. Yeah, exactly. It's a Final Fantasy game. And Star Ocean. Yeah. Okay, can we can we cut Star Ocean? Like, I think God. so. Even as someone who's interested <laughs> in it, looks, I looks great. Let's cut all our space stuff. Star Ocean looks amazing, and I like the idea. The reason I cut Star Ocean is because. No, I, I even think we should cut it, and I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it a lot, too. Okay, it's just it's at, kind of crazy. Have, look at what we have left <laughs> now. So we have, so we have Mass, we've got 5 out of 15, we've got Persona 5, we've got Scalebound, we've got Setsuna, we've got Deus Ex, and we've got Nier. Go around the group. If you were picking your top three from these now, what would they be? Persona 5. Persona 5. I'll, I'll go first. Let me go first, and then I'll, I'll we'll go in alphabetical order here. And so... Uh, after that, because I'm the last one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's a then we will. Then we will. Um, so my top three would be Persona Five is number one, no doubt. Uh, Project Setsuna and Near. Adam. Uh, Persona Five, Near, Mass Effect. <laughs> Alex. Persona Five, Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. I can't, I can't, I can't fucking decide. I saw the gameplay at PlayStation Experience. Deus acted really good. <laughs> but that's just me throwing that out there. Final Fantasy 15. Mm, see. Uh, we still have a label. I'm excited for 15 too. Just not my top three. Aaron? Um, I would say Persona 5. I wonder what's going to win. <laughs> Mass so. Effect and Nier. Okay. Liz? Um, Persona 5. Uh, near and um, damn. Uh, I'd go with Mass Effect. Okay, Kyle. Uh, as someone that started a Persona podcast and did one for years, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, no, Persona oh, Five. Awesome. Persona Five, Mass Effect Andromeda, and Near. I know I just said alphabetical, but Josh. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> uh, just being really innovative, but Persona Five. Um. Oh. After that, it's it's tough. Um, Near and <sighs> Deus Ex, but Project Setsuna very close to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Andrea. <laughs> um, Mass Effect, Persona Five, begrudgingly. Um, so begrudgingly. We knocked off Star Ocean. <laughs> oh, okay. um, nice. I was like, it's like what? Um, I accept. Uh, it's okay. If you don't, Project Setsuna. Okay. Okay. okay, Simon. Okay. Uh, Persona 5, Nier, and Deus Ex in that order. Darren? How is this alphabetical again? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it started that way, and then it suddenly went to like people that invited to the Welcome, you're at the bottom of the list. Yeah, you're the last person on the list. Alright, so I'm going to say Nier is my top, Persona 5, and then Deus Ex. Mm, so it seems like we got an agreement. Persona 5 and Nier sound yeah, like they're going to be just, Can we just declare that Persona 5 is probably the winner? Like, yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I, I, I kept track of the time. I'm the only one who gives a shit about Scalebound. And we're going to cut 15, it sounds like, because no one... Only Alex wait, for 15. Wait. 
Let's cut okay. Setsuna first. Well, we had more than one vote for Setsuna. There's only one, one for 15. There's, I, I I'm, I'm really excited for Deus, but I just... Um, well, we also I yeah. Feel like, I feel like the delay has taken a lot of wind out of the, mm-hmm. the sails of that game and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that was a big delay. Really, um, six months. Which is ironic. Which is ironic because they promised to release the game earlier, like with the pre-order crap. Like uh, that's the most ironic thing. I think it's going to be a great game, but also I think I this time like next year, chances are it will be less talked about than mass scale-bound persona. <laughs> 15, Final Fantasy 15. Well, I'm Western-style stuff. Yeah, I mean, Scalebound is a Japanese game, but it's got a Western sort of tone to it. Persona's got Western appeal, too, in a way. No, I'm not saying appeal. I just mean tone in the way... Oh, sure. Sorry. You know. um, so, and Horizon, yeah, as you said. There's, there's, there's plenty to compete against, but once again, you know... We're down to so we got now. It's... I, I kept a tally. I didn't. I didn't keep track of who was first. What was people's first and second? But oh. Nier, Persona Five is the unanimous winner. Nier got more mentions than Mass Effect. Mass Effect was third. <laughs> I think that's a good list. I think that's an RIS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think, I think okay that's the that. three. I think that's the three. Yeah. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Someone's, yeah. Someone's so Star Ocean for number one, right? And so <laughs> then Persona Five. Jeez. <laughs> that's on Andrea's list. And then Zelda Wii <laughs> yeah, that's U. Right. <laughs> all right. It's all three. All right, so, but obviously all games are going to be amazing, so it doesn't really matter. But it's great to see there's so many games coming in 2016. I think everyone's going to be extremely happy. And uh, Trails of the Cold Steel. Trails of Cold Steel, yes. So much sorting. And we, we might get the second game next year at some point. Yeah. Too. Oh, they said it was going to come out like this around this time. But anyway. And they announced Trails of Cold Steel 3 in Japan. That's right. Yeah, which is a much more interesting announcement now that we know we will probably get it at some point. <laughs> yeah, and then they say like Tokyo Xanadu is going to probably come here too. So who knows? They want to bring it here. I want uh, more Yeast. I just want that. Yeast 8. I am, I am super excited for Yeast 8, but oh. it doesn't have an announcement yet. <laughs> All right. So for now, we've got – let me go back. We'll walk it back and talk about what we've got for awards. So uh, for Best Tangential, we have Majora's Mask 3D, Tales no. and then oh, okay. the winner, okay. Yakuza 5. Give it a moment. Okay. And then we got... <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought I thought you were going from one to like first first. It all comes around. Uh, and then next category, best writing and story execution runner-ups: uh, Undertale, which I think should have won. Final Fantasy 15, and then Witcher 3 for the win. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Zach, you're You need to calm down. You, you said 15. Wrong. wrong game. We know 15 is gonna suck. 14. I'm sorry. Final Fantasy 14. Haven't Speak sorry. for yourself, man. I think that game it's has. Been, a we've been talking for a while. Um, Undertale, Final Fantasy 14, Heaven Sword, uh, as runner ups, and then Witcher 3 to win. You know, 15 is going to have a sequel anyway. Um, and then we have best score soundtrack. That's uh, what it means. We have the runner ups are Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, Second Chapter, Undertale, and then the winner is Final Fantasy 14, Heaven Sword, Choir. Um, and then we have biggest surprise. Runner-ups are Final Fantasy VII Remake, Shenmue 3, and the winner is Nier Automata. And then the one to watch, um, uh, the one we're most excited to see, uh, runner-ups are Mass Effect Andromeda, Nier Automata, which sounds pretty close, and then Persona 5 as practically the unanimous winner of this category. And so, now that you guys have heard all the winners up until this point, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then after yeah, this so break, the, well, on the site, this will be the end of day one, and then uh, day two will be the best indie RPG of the year, the best small screen, which means everything um, with a small screen, phones, tablets, 3DS, Vita, um, 
and what best Vita big screen. Of? I don't know Vita. It's it's a legacy so, system. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's, it's you know it's just a, unfortunately it's it's an one it's or two an games. Yeah, system. it's packed away in the back corner of a GameStop somewhere. Um, it's and okay because the winner of that category is record keeper anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> record breaker. Wow. Record breaker. I mean, breaker. Sure. <laughs> then best big screen RPG, and then we're going to look at our best overall, which is pretty much <laughs> looking at the original ones, and come to an agreement, which won't be true at all. It's going to be a lot of um, choking each other. So uh, <laughs> that's what we've got so far. And so for now, thank you once again for listening to this. Uh, thank you, Adam, Alex, Aaron, Liz, Kyle, Josh, Andrea, Simon, Darren, for hanging with us before the break. We're going to take one right now. We'll come right back with all the other categories. Thank you. 